the one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. God, I love baseball. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. I believe in the church of baseball. There's no crying in baseball! Everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Andrew. And I'm Paul. And this is Playball. Baseball at the movies. It's the show where we talk about every baseball movie. And we watch every single one. Is that what we say? Well, we watch them first and then we watch them. I think I about. usually say and we watch... I think you took half of my line. It's been a long time. So it's before. been a while. Welcome to the season finale. And this, we're this already it. We did it. bucking we it. it up. We made it, Paul. Yeah. All the way through. We did it. This is fantastic. Today we're talking about... Field of Dreams. I've heard of this. I've heard of this film with Kevin Costner. But yeah. before we do that, yeah, yeah, before we talk about Field of Dreams, we have a very special guest today. We do. Joining us on the show today is friend of the show, a filmmaker, and part-time lecturer at Chapman University, Tom Tashinsky. Tom, hi, fellas. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for being. You're very, here, Tom. very welcome. Okay. We're <laughs> <Very> excited. <laughs> We're so excited about this. It's great because when we have a guest in the show, we have to prepare less. Yes, because, like, that's very true. Because like fills up more time. So. I love being the excuse to prepare less. Yeah. That's always <laughs> it's a feather in my cap. It works out. Man. <laughs> As we do with guests, we got some questions for you. Yes, three please. questions. Three very very hard hitting questions. All right, I'm ready. In okay. depth, let's, let's do it. Favorite baseball team? The Chicago Cubs. He's already at the gate. Look at that! Amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. The curse is broken. I oh. think I know what the second, his next answer is going to be. Which is? Uh, favorite baseball movie. Oh, wait. That's not the Oh, that's a tough one. This one we're going to talk about is definitely up there. But like in for now, in the moment, I have to say The Natural. Oh, uh, sure. Great movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, natural answer. Favorite baseball memory. Favorite baseball memory. That's the one I is the I one is when, um, well, it's tied. It's Zobrist hitting that double. Oh. And uh, and me shouting like a shout that the, the first <laughs> shout I can remember in memory where it's like I oh I'm shouting like it, it was so exciting <laughs> and then uh, and then uh, Bryant fielding to Rizzo and and that and that was it and almost like you couldn't believe it and my whole family were texting each other like I, I, I they they did it they yeah, did the thing the, we the were scene. gonna lose set the scene where where were you. I was in game. I was in my alone in my apartment in LA. Both of my roommates were out. They were out doing their thing and I was texting with my family cuz we're all Cub fans. We grew up on the north side. And my sister was the one who called it. Just like she called it against I'm sorry Paul your Giants when every that season when everybody was like, "Oh, they're going to be out of it like a dud." We've they're- been out of it since that inning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was when you guys were coming back in that game know, and she I was know. like, "No, I think the Cubs are good at coming back." And so again she said during the series, she goes, "No, I think I think we're going to win this one." And we're like, "Shut up." You know. <laughs> And then please don't he hit it. They field it. They won. And then and then I was just like, yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's knocks at my door, and my neighbors were all coming over, and they're like, "Congratulations!" Oh, really? That's yeah, because cool. they knew because they saw me wearing. Because I wouldn't take the Cub hat so off. So that was probably my favorite baseball memory when Amazing. the Cubs won it. Well, all. congratulations! Thank you. Another 108 years are coming up, but Shh, you know what? I was alive for it. <laughs> There were there were generations of Cub fans yeah, who told themselves, true. you know, every you know maybe next year, and they never got to experience it. So fucking sad. <laughs> but it, it's sad. But then I'm like, okay, just as long as we don't become God bless them Red Sox fans, where we start to expect it, right? Yeah, because that was the boy. thing. Like, I had kinship when I went to Syracuse. I had a kinship with my Red Sox brethren, mm. and we're like, hey man, hey man, and then they won it, and everybody became a 
dick. <laughs> which, understandably, like maybe that higher level turned into that team from last year, which was right. unbeatable. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was like, no, I want us to be like still Cub fans. You yeah. know, the charm yeah. of the lovable loser. The lovable even though losers. We're not losers anymore. That's right. Amazing. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Amazing. Uh, let's. Should we move into Shall Field of Dreams? Shall we dive in? Let's talk about it. <laughs> that's usually what he says. Great. Let's dive in. That is, that's, <laughs> that's I do say yeah, that. I like it. I mean, you should go baseball all right. the way with 100%, stuff. 100%, yeah. Let's yeah. dive arrived, for the ball. I haven't arrived there yet, but now we're there. So let's go ahead. <laughs> Today we're talking about Field of Dreams. Maybe you've heard of it. Yeah. Little movie. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, stop this podcast. <laughs> 100%. Go watch this right. movie. Yeah, right now. Yeah, uh, Because... I feel like we also make that joke every time, too. Yeah, I guess you're right. We're not funny. <laughs> Here's the thing. So much time goes by in between I know. that we, like, we, we got uh-huh. like three jokes that we say. <laughs> but if there was one, if there actually was a film yeah. to stop and go, it's like, a cultural it's phenomenon. This one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. It's the first sound clip in our intro. That's true, yeah. So, so that's how you know intro. it's an American N- classic. It's yep. important, yeah. <laughs> it's in our intro forget the oscar nominations yeah. it's yeah. in the intro so <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty truly really important truly it didn't win any oscars though so. it didn't win any oscars if you haven't heard of this movie though uh here's the logline for you it's kind of long iowa farmer ray kinsella hears a voice in his corn that tells him if you build it he will come he interprets this message as an instruction to build a baseball field on his farm upon which appears the ghosts of Shoeless Joe Jackson and the other seven Chicago White Sox players banned from the game for throwing the 1919 World Series. When the voices continue, Ray seeks out a reclusive author to help him understand the meaning of the messages and the purpose of his field. Feel the dreams. Solid. Solid blog line. Great cast. Mm. Starts Kevin Costner, Amy Madigan, James Earl Jones, Ray Liotta, and Burt Lancaster. Should we listen to the trailer? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. I have just created something totally illogical. That's what I like about. If you build it, he will come. If you build it, he will come. If you build what, who will come? He didn't say. I hate it when that happens. Me too. Who's your invoices? Ray is. (laughs) I think I know what if you build it, he will come means. Ooh, why do I not think this is such a good thing? Daddy, there's a man out there in your lawn. So that's the trailer. There it is. I just watch it now compared yeah. to what we see. How did that movie get made? I don't know. Watching it too, I thought like if I didn't know anything about this movie, like I would not know anything about that movie after <laughs> watching that trailer. Like it was so, it's very confusing. Well, the movie did very well. Yes. That's, oh, I mean, it's, yeah, sure. It was very well received at the time. It's got uh, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. Got three Oscar nominations, including mm-hmm. Best Picture. Roger Ebert also enjoyed this movie. He gave it four mm-hmm. stars. You got it? You got it? My got favorite it. thing? You got it. Here we go. I love it when he reads the Ebert reviews. Here's a new quote. As Field of Dreams developed its fantasy, I found myself being willingly drawn into it. Movies are so often timid these days, so afraid to take flights of the imagination, that there is something grand and brave about a movie where a voice tells a farmer to build a baseball diamond so that Shoeless Joe Jackson can materialize out of the cornfield and hit a few fly balls. 
This is the kind of movie Frank Capra might have directed and James Stewart might have starred in. A movie about dreams. Ugh. It's so true. Archer Heap is so good at Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. One's so good. Yeah. And uh, a quick fun fact before we uh, dive into this movie. George W. Bush's favorite movie. Oh, well, thank you for that fun fact. <laughs> George W. Bush, former owner of the Texas Rangers, and he did some other stuff, too. A couple things. Later in his career. <laughs> Should we talk about the plot? Let's Should do we it. Walk through it. Let's do it. Cool. So, again, uh, if this is your first podcast that you're listening to, uh, we're going to talk about all the baseball stuff in the movie later on. We're putting that time in the show notes. So, if you want to skip the plot... Or maybe if you haven't seen it, you want to go watch the movie, go ahead and skip forward to the inside baseball stuff. But if you want to hear what happens in this movie from our perspective... If you want to hear our fun ramblings of the plot, stick <laughs> around, because uh, here we go. The movie opens with this montage kind of establishing Kevin Costner's family's history, mostly about his father. Yeah. And uh, his... a narration from his perspective. Yeah. Which I don't and... think comes back in the rest of the movie. No, it's no. just... Yeah. It's, and the, it's the only kind of photo montage like this where it's just like here's everything you need to know yeah. and then we kind of hit the ground running mm-hmm. after that so we learned that his father had kind of a tough life the mother died when kevin costner was very young so yeah. the father kind of raised him big white Sox fan was really sad when the white Sox threw the world series right and shoeless joe and the other players are banned and then they they argued as kevin costner costner was a baby boomer kind of grew up into the 60s went to berkeley went to berkeley Ooh. and eventually <laughs> Ended up in Iowa as a farmer after his father died, and they argued at the end there. They they yeah. they, they never reconciled their uh, arguments that yeah. they had their whole life. Actually, something that was really interesting too, which I didn't even notice until I was like sat down to like rewatch it to do the notes for the show. Mm-hmm. The opening shot of the movie is the the father as a kid, and he's sitting in front of a cornfield. Get the fuck out of here! I didn't even think of that. Set up payoff. It's amazing. Wow. Good uh, job, guy who wrote the movie, I think, was the director as well. <laughs> well done, screenwriter. Um, <laughs> uh, so next, we, we see Kevin Costner uh, as an adult. He has a family. He's got a wife and a young daughter, Karen. And he's out working the corn of his field. We hear this beautiful music. We see this beautiful sunset. And then he hears this mystical voice that says, If you build it, he will come. He will come. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> little naughty. little naughty. Um, <laughs> wow. It happens really quickly, the voice. It's like the first mm-hmm. thing. It's been yeah. a bit yeah. since I've seen the movie. I feel like the last time I saw it was probably in high school. Um, Did you not rewatch it for this? Before this rewatch. So oh, when I watched oh. it this time, um, I was like, damn, okay, let's get, let's fucking do it. Let's yeah. get this voice going. I think it's a great way to open the movie, actually, too, because like that's the thing that we know about the movie is yeah, no, it's voice, true. Yeah. You know, and that line, that line is, I would say like that's one of the only lines... In like that, and uh, there's no crying in baseball. Mm. Are like Those the are two the... lines of baseball yeah. cinema that have kind of elevated beyond baseball. 100%. Mm-hmm. I think it's in like AFI's like most memorable movie lines yeah. or whatever. Those are the top two that. 50 or something. Yeah. It's a great way to start the movie. Yeah, Just, totally. Let's get into it. Magic and the corn. and yeah. yeah, they dumped all the exposition. You know who the folks are, and then you're just like, oh, yeah, now he hears voices in his corn. Now yeah. he's Moses. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> Two scenes in. Got, I'm following. Yeah, we got this. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> With this movie. All we needed was some burning corn, and <laughs> yeah. uh, it would have been appropriate. <laughs> yeah, so he hears this voice, and he kind of eventually, he's not sure what it means, but eventually he sort of has this vision of 
a bass. But he, he doesn't know. He can't figure it out. He's like, I don't know what the voice is. Right. So the voice is like, all right, fine. Here you go. And he gives him this vision of the field in the corn. He literally okay. just tells him the answer. Yeah, the voice is like, oh, I'm sorry. You wanted more? Yeah. I thought it was pretty clear the first time I whispered to you randomly in your corn. You had zero context, but you couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Right. Here's, here's some here's context. 100% of context. No. <laughs> this field right here. Right there. Well, on the other side of the corn, they're just like, I think you need to give him a little more. <laughs> <laughs> they're just whisper voices back to one another. Yeah. Uh, the other voice is like, I don't think he I don't got think it. He, got it. <laughs> he didn't. He did He's it. new. He's new to the whispering. He thinks it's more corn, probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a farmer. It's his default thing. Just give him the answer. Just, yeah. just do it. Yeah. So he sees he sees this field and he says, you know what? I, I think I gotta I think I gotta build a baseball field. In right. His corn. And what he also figures out. From that same vision, it's well, he thinks it's for shoeless Joe, right? Isn't it the same moment? I just love which I just love. I mean, yeah. like, that's every time I watch this movie because now, like, you know, you guys talk about the inside baseball, there's also the inside baseball of the movie where, oh, like, you know, yeah. like, when you make movies or you read about movies, like, how it's constructed, and there's all these rules. But what's so charming about this movie is, like, it's like, yeah, voice talk to me, and he wants me to build a baseball field, and he, and I think Shoeless Joe Jackson's gonna come out of it. That's it. That's how <laughs> yeah. we, fi- and then the movie's like, that's yep, that's what you just heard. <laughs> yeah. It's n- it's not like him doing any research or, like, like connecting, like, overcomplicated, yeah. like, how it would be today. He's just like, ah. I think it's like literally, literally Kevin Costner standing in his living room. He's like, I have this feeling if I build this baseball field that Shoeless Joe Jackson's going to come and all these profound things are going to yeah. happen. And then the wife's turn, I don't know, not to get ahead of it, but I think the wife's turn eventually is like, you're crazy. And then it's like, no, I, I had that dream too. You should definitely do it. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like, it's just, it's charming though. Like, cause it totally, works because yeah. the performances yeah. are so good and the script's so good. Yeah. We're, we're, I guess we're kind of ahead a little bit, but okay, Amy, yeah. no, no, Amy Madigan's How dare you, Tom. <laughs> Amy Madigan's performance oh, God. in this movie is she's so, so great. Yeah. But there is a little bit, when you step back and think about it, she's like, really? I don't know. And then he's like, I really think so. And she's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what's so charming about her, you know? Yeah, like, that's, that's what makes it work is sort of like, she's like, I don't know. And then she kind of gets it and it's like, yeah, you got to, you got to do it. It's so true. Yeah. It's so yeah. true. So he builds the field, and then it. over a whole montage of telling his daughter about Shoeless Joe. Yeah, that's mm. right. And she he rattles off all these stats, no. and and introduces also the concept of the White Sox through the World Series, but maybe Shoeless Joe didn't. Mm-hmm. And there's the right. the kind of mystery of he's definitely on the side that he did it. R- Kevin Costner's that character. he did not mm. that he did not throw right. it. He, he took their money, right? But he still he still tried played to well win because right. he performed great in that World Series. Right. Right. Yeah. Right bunch of hits he had a really high batting average he hit the only home run no right. errors all this stuff so he builds the field and then actually a long period of time goes by i, I which I, I also kind of forgot about you know having not seen this movie in a couple of years um but he like christmas goes by that's true yeah. like, oh, like, right. there's, there's a, there's a quick party. shot of there's like a christmas party he's and like, it's like staring snowing at his outside field. and yeah. he's yeah. staring out there at the at the field so it's like a year at least 100% that that goes by before anything happens that's depressing (laughs) yeah well I like that it's realistic though yeah you know it's just sort of like no we're gonna we're gonna it takes a while to build a baseball field in the corn (laughs) (laughs) like the corn like lost its voice yes (laughs) yeah had to drink some hot tea yeah you know now it's winter so (laughs) this was one of those TBS movies I don't know if you guys had TBS TNT Growing up, we literally were texting about this. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those TBS movies where I remember now watching this. Now I completely forget about this part because I always came in yeah. like right about when yeah. Shoeless Joe showed up. Yeah, totally. anyway, 
eventually Shoeless Joe shows up. Yeah, right right as the scene is happening where they're talking about like, oh, we don't have enough money now. <laughs> yeah. Your yeah. stupid fucking field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they start to introduce this concept in here, which is kind of a subplot throughout the movie of having the field not producing corn is eating too much into... They're, they're not producing right. enough corn to like Correct. sustain the... They're the already field. not making much money to begin mm-hmm. with. Right, and then, and then clearing out a baseball field's worth of right. farmland is like... I think they said they spent their savings making the field, too. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, too. No good. But (laughs) just in the nick of time, Sheila Strataxon shows up, who looks amazingly like... Ray Liotta? uh, Henry Hill from Goodfellas. (laughs) (laughs) That scene when he shows up is, for me, when the movie, like, really kicks and clicks into high gear. Oh, yeah. Because that scene is amazing, because he doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. Kevin walks up. And they just stare at each other. Turn the lights on. He turns the lights on. And he, he picks up the and bat. And he's like surprised yeah. about it too because he off the familiar with lights. lights. Yeah. 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 He's so animalistic in that scene, Ray Liotta, because he's like, he's almost like a deer or like a tiger just kind of like prowling. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin Costner picks up the bat and he goes to give him some fungo to hit a pop fly and he fucking misses. Whips. Yeah. And I think that. I love how fucking nerdy Kevin Costner is. In this oh movie. yeah, yeah. He's so dorky, and it's such a departure from what he normally is in his baseball movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially coming off Bull Durham, where yeah. he's like the least the dorky t- guy in the, the world. Guy. He's the yeah. cool guy. And in this movie, he's like a guy who loves baseball, who but who's bad at it. Yeah, he's a fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, fan he's really is the biggest nerd fanboy there is, uh-huh. and it's so charming. <laughs> Actually, I wrote in my notes. Yeah, I like your animalistic interpretation. But I wrote in my notes. What'd it's like mean? the ultimate. The epitome of sentimentality between guys. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Totally not in touch with their emotions because he shows up. It, which is pretty animalistic. It, <laughs> it, it's so stilted. Yeah, he shows yeah, up totally. and He's like, hi. Yeah. Ray Kinsella. <laughs> and he's like, Joe Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I love even after being dead and in heaven, you're just, you're still, you still got the social awkwardness between guys. <laughs> yeah. If anything, that it's probably more. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you got eternity. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, doesn't make it any easier. Yeah, right. Right. Look, you know what we can do? We can play baseball together. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, all we can, we that's how we cannot talk. <laughs> do you want to talk about the uh, emotional confluence of you know of me coming back from the dead in your cornfield while you're going back? <laughs> yeah. No, let's just play baseball. No. Could you, <laughs> could you shag? Please, <laughs> anything but that. <laughs> yeah. Please, please. These, are, these questions are too big. Just shag a couple walls for me. <laughs> Hit one to left if you could. Uh, so they he, he hits a few out there. Uh, there's a great scene where... Um, Shoeless Joe comes up to bat and he says, like, put one right here. Yeah. And Kevin Costner's like, let's see if you can hit my curve. And then he hits it and it hits the it hits the bag of balls out. Yeah, he almost hits him, yeah. That was a real moment, too. Really? Yeah, that, was, oh, that was totally unplanned. And oh. Kevin Costner stayed in character and he's like, Oh, yeah, no, you can do it. Even That's though he so kind of good. fumbles and, and oh, ducks. That's good. Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great moment. <laughs> yeah. And director going moment. like, Is he all right? That's going in. <laughs> you know that they were all standing behind the camera when that happened. They were all like, yeah. Pumping feet. Yeah. 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 But so eventually other players start to show up. I love that moment when the eight show up and they're just kind of like looking at each other and like acknowledging each other's presence. And then like they're happy to see each other. And then they look at the field and then they just like yippee. Like, yeah. They, like, yeah. Run, they take the field. It's so true. It's pure bliss. It felt like the Sandlot. Like, yeah. It really felt like, oh, yeah, fucking baseball. Yeah. Um, so nice. They, yeah, they all come running out. And it's just like the summertime and the, yeah. mm. the the light and the the corn and the like sound of crickets and stuff and the music is so like lazy summer just mm-hmm. it's a perfect day for uh, baseball it really that, set the I was missing it's a slice of apple pie man mm-hmm. yeah. 
this movie really at the end of the day is great because it just wants makes me want to play baseball yeah, yeah. like by the end of, I, I literally text who did i text it wasn't you sorry andrew or you tom <laughs> i think i texted lawrence because we played my friend lawrence hey lawrence how you doing <laughs> uh we played catch before and i was like dude let's play catch soon and he didn't text me back so Oh, cool, man! <laughs> you should get him to watch. I'm Field probably of... going to cut all this. What? You should probably you should get him to watch Field of Dreams. I should. I should. And, then, and then it'll be like together. You'll just Let's look at each other. Do like, it. You, you, you want to have a catch? You know what we should. Do? <laughs> <laughs> after uh, after every show, we should play catch. I think that's probably great. Right. Oh, yeah. idea. I've it's... been texting you to play catch. My base woman's over there. Well, fuck me. I guess I'm sorry. Oh, I should have just lied. I used to keep. I used to have I mine in my you. trunk. Now I don't. And now this is the one time. Like it would have been like this is why I have my my, my, your, my trunk. Your baseball bat. In your I had my trunk. bat. My, I had a bat. Uh, a softball, like a, a sort of not a big big softball, but a smaller softball, and a and a mitt, just gotta in case. Be, gotta be ready at all times. Oh yeah, all times. there you go. So eventually, mm-hmm. everything's going great. Like the 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 players are on the field. They're having a good time. It's fun to watch the game. Right. The money problems are still there, but you know what? The field is magical, so who cares? Until Kevin Costner hears a second voice. Uh Uh-oh, more voices. And this voice says, ease his pain. That was very good. That was very good, Andrew. That sounds nice. (laughs) I can hear myself. Oh, in the headphones. Sounds really good. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, ease his pain. And Kevin is like, what? 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 Here we go again. He's so (laughs) flabbergasted. He has no idea. Son of a bitch corn. He's just, he can't believe it. There's, yeah. like, there's more? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And, and of course, even more, if it's possible, even more vague. <laughs> yeah. The first one. Yep. Not yeah. a name, not, a le- yeah. not an address. Fewer letters. Yeah. It's, it's like half as long as yeah. the clue. And this time the corn doesn't give him the full context. That's right. Yeah. It. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? So we kind of launch into Kevin Costner now trying to figure out what the heck that means. Right. Then we go to a school assembly where the school is thinking of banning quote unquote controversial books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They mentioned like the wizard of Oz. Um, I think like 1984, a couple of these, like, you know, is this appropriate for yeah. high school students to be reading whatever? Uh, so the family all goes and we actually have this really nice scene. It kind of comes out of nowhere. It's sort mm. of like, it really does it, in like a, it's like, it's a very convoluted way to get to, his epiphany mm-hmm. at yeah. the end of the scene, but it's actually like kind of a really nice scene yeah. on its own. Yeah. Kind of relevant for right now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and it's a good, and it's an Amy Madigan showstopper. Oh, you know, it gives her, yeah. it gives her a chance to shine a little when she calls her a, Oh, I mean, we can get to it, but she calls that lady a, a fascist Nazi cow. Yeah. That was just an amazing moment. Yeah. So the, the, basically the school is thinking of banning these books. So they go and, and they're like, these books are smut and trash. And right. one of the books that they include is, the fictional author Terrence Mann, the James Earl Jones character, mm-hmm. his book, I think it's called Rock the Boat. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a J.D. Salinger yeah. stand-in. And in all- the book, it is J.D. Salinger. Yeah, yeah the and original so- book. But J.D. Yeah. Salinger was like, I'm like, going to sue you yeah. if you have even a letter of <laughs> he, my name. He came, The most famous recluse in history came out of his reclusive hermit Insanity. state to say, don't do it. Please don't do that. <sighs> America. <laughs> what brings somebody out of out of their recluse <laughs> nature? A lawsuit. <laughs> Wait a minute. America. Here yeah. we are. <laughs> but so they, they want to ban all these books, and then Amy Madigan, who's a hippie, because yeah. she's Kevin Costner, children of the 60s. They established mm-hmm. that, yeah. They, they come up, and she was like, I think this is a really beautiful book, and if you had read a book, you yeah. would know. They get into a fight. She gives a stirring speech saying, who's for the First Amendment? Yeah. You know, America. And all the hands start to raise. Mm-hmm. 
and they don't they do applaud it. Applaud her. Kevin and meanwhile, Con- Kevin Costner yeah. is just writing ease his pain over <laughs> and over again. On much, a- much like a real married couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's full on close encountering. Like, yeah, that's, with, yeah. Uh, drawing she's, the thing. She's literally having like the moment of her life. She's giving this stirring yeah. speech, <laughs> and he's just like doodling. Like, yeah. we gotta go. We gotta go. Yeah. yeah. So they leave, and she says, "She's like Ray. I just halted the spread of neo fascism." <laughs> I wrote yeah. that line down. <laughs> it's uh, a great line. But yeah, he he has this idea. Maybe it's this Terrence Mann author. That's the guy who's right. got to ease his pain. Um, so we kind of go through another, not quite montage, but sort of quick succession of scenes of him researching Terrence Mann. Mm-hmm. And, right. That's the moment when the the score really takes like a, a U-turn in terms of uh, what it was. Like, first of all, James, Hor- James Horner, obviously a legend. The whole score mm. is great. Nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Lost a yeah. Little Mermaid. Yeah. That makes sense. One but of those scores you start playing and people are like, oh, Field It's incredible. Yeah, Field Dreams. That moment's yeah. really not good. <laughs> it's like this weird, like, just like pan flute and it it's just out of kind of nowhere. Um, late 80s world music, it's man. So, I think I wrote that. I think I was like, this is so 80s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's researching Terrace Mann. So, uh, he's re- yeah, he's researching Terrace Mann and he just kind of has this idea. I, I think I have to go take him to a baseball game. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's there's, there's not a lot uh, of confirmation in this movie. It's kind of like it, I think this is what I should do. If, if you were know. to explain the beats of this movie like nowadays, it's like oh, an insane person, you know, <laughs> yeah. like like oh, your character is no, he's just this charming Iowa farmer who is insane because yeah. he hears voices in corn and follows them mindlessly, and then is going to track down a famous person to take him to a baseball game. I also like <laughs> how the Terrence man the, the, when they're when they're establishing his character through Kevin Costner learning about him, they're like he's a civil rights icon yeah he's a pacifist and all these things and kevin costner's like i'm gonna go get him to do my thing yeah <laughs> that's very true. i'm gonna take him to baseball yeah because that's what i like i'm gonna track martin luther king jr down and take him to a movie because yeah. <laughs> it's what i'm into that's, that's my thing so it is yeah. the most crazy stalker thing a person <laughs> could do but um, but to kevin costner's credit he's just so charming and earnest about so it you're like yeah. i want him to do it i saw an yeah. interview with the director and he said that one of the qualifications for casting Kevin Costner was that he made the all the things he did. He needed someone that made it seem like he wasn't crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's he wasn't the biggest threat. reason, right? Yeah. And that's the biggest reason he cast Kevin Costner. He's like he did it in a way that he you, you established his whole life that he's not a crazy guy. So when he starts to do crazy things, <laughs> Kevin Costner pulled it off to make it seem like he wasn't crazy. Brilliant call. Yeah, yeah. amazing. They actually, uh, I read that their first choice was Tom Hanks. And I read that second too. choice was Kevin Costner. And he would have been great. He would have been I think either would have worked. It's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, you would have had the everyman They're with, both with, very good with Tom man, Hanks. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's sort of, yeah. They both have this kind of quality of like lovable and charming, yeah. but there's some edge. Think of how, like, if if Tom Hanks wouldn't have been in uh, uh, League of Their Own, who do you want for that? You'd want Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Costner yeah. That's no question. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 And I think you read in the uh, Ebert review, or if you didn't read it, I know it was in there, where he talked about that if you were to made this 50 years earlier, yeah. you would have made you made with Jimmy Stewart and Frank Capra. Yeah. Which is a, like there's a Jimmy Stewart reference in the movie. It's, yeah. In the beginning, she's watching uh, Harvey. Yeah. That's right. And he's like, turn that off. It's he's it's a sick. sad yeah. movie. Because <laughs> 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 I think at that moment, he still thinks he's crazy. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, it's about a sad, that's sick funny. man. Well, they cut into the... It's a perfect cut. It's very good. Because he's talking with the other farmers yeah. I think about hearing voices yes. and then they cut to and Jimmy Stewart's like well I heard a voice behind yeah. me like, sick man <laughs> and the six Turned foot rabbit yeah. <laughs> yeah so he so he 
he convinces himself really is what yeah. it is. Yes. <laughs> he convinces yeah. himself, I gotta take Terrence Mann to a baseball game. And that's yeah. the scene you were talking about, I think, with the wife. Oh, where she, she comes in, she goes, she's like, I'm not gonna let you go to Boston. We can't afford yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, and, and then, then like, is the that the way? Is that the one with the big red green wall yeah. and the thing? Again, they do a really nice job of layering in this mm-hmm. this the money problems all throughout. She's yeah. like, we can't true, afford yeah. it already. We can't then afford you to take off and disappear right. for two weeks. And he's like, I'll sleep in my car. I'll eat. Scraps. Which, by the way, the hippie thing, what's the car? I think it's a B, uh, Volkswagen uh, of course. van. Yeah. <laughs> the old hippies they are. Perfect. For, no pickups for them. Perfect for that. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, they they both have the same dream. Yes. I, I had a dream that you were with Terrence Mann at the Fenway Park. And he's like, I have the same dream. And she's like, oh, I'll be back. Right. Mm-hmm. Great moment. It's charming. It's great. charming. They're great. Charming. They, that's, like, that's like one of the anchors of the movie is that relationship. Because they're, they're both like totally. rooting for each other the whole time. Because if it was a typical like, daddy's going insane, like right. that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, not yeah. at all. Actually, Ebert said something about that, too, in the full review. Hmm. Um, he said, he said like, this movie does a great job of highlighting when you love someone, you also take on their mm. dreams. Like, that's mm. part of being in a relationship Very is, nice. is what they dream about and helping them fulfill that supporting them yeah oh roger yeah. that's it's fr- true he's it's so a really fucking smart he's so good. it's true i mean it's a beautiful part of you know relationships that yeah. you know it mm-hmm. isn't always highlighted and isn't like the main focus here but is done yeah. in such a nice way that yeah, yeah. we applaud you guys for it mm-hmm. good yeah. job guys so he's going to fenway he's going to to find terrence Mann. right he does he is that we have that lovely goofy Supercut montage of him practicing saying hello to Terrence Mann. Yep. Hi, yeah. I need you to go to baseball with me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very good. Again, he's yeah. so nerdy in yeah. this movie. And I him realizing, it. too, that, like, this is not uh, this, what's, what, what am I going to ask him to do? Yeah. yeah. There's also there's also the moment of, um, there's a couple shots of, like, him asking people around town where yes. Terrence Mann lives, and everyone's like, no, get out of my face. That I don't one, know. That one, like, old lady. Yeah, like, Leave me alone, lady. you yeah. pest. <laughs> He chases an old lady down yeah. the street. Again, it's charming. It's yeah, not it's very not crazy. charming. Yeah. He's not a sociopath. He's charming. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he finds Terrence Mann. Really, uh, uh, really nice scene between Jingle Jones. Oh, God. Did he just... That yeah. scene is probably my favorite. I mean, yeah. it's, I, I think I read somewhere where it was like, well, Salinger would sue us. And the guy's like, we need somebody. We need James Earl Jones. So yeah. I'm just going to write this guy to be James Earl Jones. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and it is. And you're just... I remember even like when I was a kid watching him, like, that guy's important. Yeah. You know? You just, he, he has, it. Yeah, yeah he, he has just has that power to him. Yeah. yeah. And he is similar to... Kevin Costner doing a balancing act between mm. like I'm charming and also this stuff is crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I think it, James Earl Jones has this beautiful balance between like loving, caring, gentle giant. Yes. And also, I'm gonna hit you with a crowbar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen the movie. Yeah. So so Kevin Costner works his way in, and and James Earl Jones obviously wants nothing to do with him. Right. But it's a classic. Never meet your heroes moment yeah mm-hmm. kind of thing and and then kevin costner puts his hand in his pocket he says i got a gun and that's when james Earl jones again i, I i'm tired of using this word but it's charming He's yeah like, i'm gonna hit you with this crowbar yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's not with absolute conviction yeah and like like it's like the, and matter of factness it's not scary threatening it's just yeah it's totally blunt and terrence it's mann has done this before yeah. that's 100%. that's what that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what you get out of that moment totally. Kevin Costner somehow gets out. He, he says, you're a pacifist. Oh, yeah. He falls over. And he's like, you're a pacifist. And he's like, ooh, yeah. I have integrity. Yeah. Yeah. 
And he doesn't hit him. If only people really worked like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, right? Yeah. If somebody Damn. came into my house and pointed a gun at me and then said, you're a pacifist, I'd be like, you got me. Uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> Jig is up. Um, Here's my jewels. So the movie dictates that he has to go to the movie. To he the, says, he to, says the, to him, he's like, you gave that interview where you said you loved watching Jackie Robinson play baseball and you wanted to be him. And he's like, no, never said that. <laughs> Don't even recall that saying that. <laughs> yeah. Which turns out to be a lie. Spoilers. Spoilers. In yeah. the spoiler part of this. In the podcast. spoiler part of this. Spoiler, <laughs> spoilers. But they eventually do get to Fenway Park. Mm-hmm. Right. And even though Jim Bill Jones is so miffed and kind of not into it, he starts to, the, the veneer of, of anger starts to come down. Yeah. And he opens up. And Kevin Costner, same thing. Kevin Costner is such a fan. Like, they set that up in the beginning. He grew up with baseball, but then he yeah. found himself with the 60s. Mm-hmm. So his other hero besides baseball... Man. People, you know, players and Shoeless Joe is Terrence Mann in yeah. the '60s, and you know, and all that. And so you asked him about that. Don't you miss being involved? And right, you know, you know, what was it like? Another be- like again, awesome script, just from a, a technical standpoint. A beautifully done scene where where James Earl Jones is getting his moment to talk about his character and what he's going through. And then I think it's like Kevin Costner asking, like, "Well, what do you want?" And yes. then he just goes, he's like, "I want people to leave me alone. I'm not a beacon. I'm not yeah, a this. Yeah. I'm the kind of culminating." And figure just, out for yourself. Yeah, just figure yeah. it out for yourselves. And he just turns to the the concession stand, and goes, "No, we, what do you want?" <laughs> you know. And it's just like, like oh. the the concessions people all yeah. waiting there. He's like, "Oh, beer and a dog." Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. beautifully, beautifully done yeah. in the sense so of like, well I didn't ask you to go there. Yeah. <laughs> I was just asking if you wanted. Something also, eat. time capsule of a moment because I think then Coven Coster says two, so they got two beers and a hot dog, and the guy goes, "That'll be seven bucks." Jesus Christ! <laughs> right, awesome. that's one beer wow. yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, not even some parks. It's like fifteen. Good that's Lord. the that's the fantasy part of this. Movie. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's what, if you sell that's it, the magic. If you sell it affordably, <laughs> they will come. <laughs> Uh, and then so, they'll never leave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Back they probably didn't have limits on beer back then either. Oh, so Fenway did, was a rowdy oh, place. We did, we did an episode. Um, which episode was it? The, with fan? the dollar beer night. Yeah, the fan. There's oh a, there's, my god! It was a notorious. Ooh. It was at the. Uh, I've already forgotten it. Yeah, it was at the. I think it was at the Indians. The Cleveland Indians. Listen to our episode of the fan. Listen. To Wait, the was that the, the one with the disco's dead one? That's, that's a, another. That's I was gonna, we that's also Comis- talk about that. That's Comiskey. Right, that's yeah. a separate. Okay, incident. separate. We also talked about that. Okay, as well. we did. We did the five most notorious fans. Right, and nice. both of them culminated in the entire stadium. Just a riot. <laughs> yep. Fans. yep. Which soccer has embraced? Man, that's yeah. very true. Yeah. That's Slash very every true. soccer game. And yeah. so whenever people tell me baseball is boring, it's like, yeah, but you keep all your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. they they watch the game. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's going along. It's a normal game until Kevin Costner hears. The third voice. What is it? Give it to me, Andrew. Give it to me. Uh, oh, what is it? Um, go the distance. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That was really good. Thank that's you. Good. Thank you. It wasn't quite as good as go the distance. Uh, there we go. Sure. I he's didn't really the, try, I mean, but yeah, it's He's got the enunciation and everything. You guys are Did you guys know the trivia about the voice? We could talk about it later if you want. Yeah. Mm. In the credits, it's listed as himself. There's yeah. no actual voice, asso- well, like actor associated with it. So I, I yeah, I, I looked at that too. Oh, it's also there are a lot of stories about who the voice is. A lot of rumors. Yeah. Some people say it's Kevin Costner. Right. Some people say it's the director. Some people say it's Ed Harris. Some people say it's Ed Harris, who's no way Amy yeah. Madigan's husband. That's right. Uh, is Ed Harris? Oh, they would be married. That's awesome. <laughs> 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 are they still married? 
And some people, they are still married. Oh, yeah. that's adorable. They work together a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And some people say that it's the author. It's W.P. Kinsella. Interesting. So I'm going to go with Kevin Costner because, mm-hmm. listen to this fun fact, The Ten Commandments, The Voice of God, is also Charlton Heston. Mm-hmm. And in The Prince of Egypt, The Voice of God is also Val Kilmer, who does The Voice of Moses. So I feel like it's a fun little... Uh, that's interesting. I always thought it was Ray Liotta because he's the one. Because at the end of the because at the end of the film, he says like, "It was you." And for some reason, she was. Well, I don't want to jump ahead, but yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, no, it could have been Ray Liotta. It's interesting that they chose not to list. He's also one of the rumored candidates. Okay, yeah. I just, I mean, that's. It seems to me at the end of the movie, that's who he credits it. But no, but that doesn't mean he's the actual voice, as we all know in movie land. It's it very was, true. Yeah. It was some PA. It was, it was, the, it was Dwight. Yeah. Hey, that kid. Who's the kid at Crafty? He's got a good voice. Bring him over here. They were. They were. It's like making an extra buck. Yeah. They were doing the ADR and they were like, ah, oh, intern with the coffee. Yeah, yeah. Just come over and record these five oh, lines. Oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time to come show. record these, uh, the most famous lines in movie yeah. history right. real quick. Yeah. Oh, but I have to stock the sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect, was, perfect. Yeah. He was just used to always whispering. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> just, hey, whisper kid. Whisper kid. Where's whisper kid? What's that? Hey, what's that whisper kid? <laughs> whisper kid. Come on. Always shout out to talk louder. Okay, say these lines. <laughs> I make minimum wage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, perfect. Yeah, oh, he's perfect. perfect. <laughs> I could get credit for this. No. No. <laughs> no. All right, anyway. Welcome so you have another voice. Kid. Yeah. They're at the game. He hears go the distance. Here's go the distance. And. And he sees on the on the, the jumbotron. Yeah. He sees the information about Moonlight Graham. Yes. And where he is, and that he only he played one inning in the major league. Right. And it's obvious yeah. the way the movie shows it that it's like not everyone can see this yeah, on the screen. Yeah. So he sees the information, yeah. writes it down, and then it's gone. Yes. And James Earl Jones didn't see it, so he says, "Right. Well, I guess you didn't have to be here. We can go whenever you want." We he says, "Get oh, out of cool. here." Yeah. So he drives him home, drives Terrence Mann, James Earl Jones home, and drops him off. And this is, and then we, he finally, the shell starts to crack in a real way. He's like, yeah. I wish I had your passion. Yeah. yeah. You, you're, you're nuts, but you care about something. And right. That's important. So he lets him and go. And he asks, I think he asked him, like, what did you heard? You heard something. Yeah, what, what did, did you hear? What did he say? Like, uh, he said, he uh, said, the man's done enough. Yeah. Let Classy. him go home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Classy. <laughs> Which is not true, Kevin Costner. Because he drops him off. Right. They turn around. And then there's this great shot that of shot James Earl Jones so oh, standing there the in the street. The is so good, too. Uh-huh. Oh, it's such a good moment. And he says, go the distance. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, damn it. <laughs> and he says, you heard it. You heard it. I like, did. Like possessed. Also, risking life and limb, because he stands directly in, in front of the... If Kevin Costner like, yeah. looked down to check his map or something, <laughs> like, no more Terrence Mann. That's very true. Or what if... What if what if he drove the other way? What if he drove, what just just like, he's waiting. He's, he's like, he's go like, the distance. Yeah. I heard it though. I, <laughs> he's just standing there. And it's like, I'm going to be really dramatic. Yeah. I'm going to stand in front. And he just turns the other way. Goes, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, back to my ringing device contraption, which I wanted to mention, by the way, his doorbell is like a, oh, yeah. it's like it's a trap. Like it's like, it's like it's a like trap a... door device. I like. I was waiting yeah. for the bottom to fall out under Kevin Costner. <laughs> That's how he gets rid of solicitors. <laughs> yeah. That's how he's been a recluse. He's just murdered people that <laughs> come to his door. Anyway, but, but so yeah, then... great shot, great yeah. shot. And uh, and he heard it, and he he's kind of he, he does a great job in the scene, James Earl Jones, because he's kind of like realizing it as he's saying mm-hmm. it. He's like, oh no, does he say go the distance or does he, he says Moonlight Graham? Well, he he heard the voice and he saw the thing on the jumper. Right. Yeah. When they turn yeah. around, 
when when Kevin Costner drives around, he says, Moonlight Graham. That's he right. Says, you saw it. You yeah. saw it. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. he says, You heard the voice too. And James Earl Jones is like, Go the distance. Go, Go the, the distance. distance. Yeah. He Our says, James yeah. Earl Jones impressions. Yeah. Not very good. No. <laughs> but yeah, he saw the vision too. Yeah. Which actually is very subtly hinted at in the shot of Kevin Costner when he really? hears the voice. Yeah. He kind of looks around and then the shot kind of pushes in on Kevin Costner and James you can see in the background mm. James Earl Jones kind of leans forward. Oh and so shit. that's that's, that's kind just of good a, movie making. That's so good. That's good right there. Yeah. It's so it's like so subtle. Yeah. But then when you notice it it's like oh that's cool. Yeah. But so he did hear the voice, he did see the vision and he joins he's like we're going to find Moonlight going Grand. to Minnesota. <laughs> So he joins him on. He joins him on this map, and, and as we find out, he tells no one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just gets in the car. He That's right. Yeah. Don't even go back to That's his right. place. That's right. Very sixties like, reminiscent, right? Yes. Let's get in the hippie van. Let's, Let's go, go cross country, baby. And they get to Minnesota, and they're like, "Hey, where's the Moonlight Graham?" And they're like, "He's dead yeah. and has been and has been for <laughs> a bit." He calls his uh, he calls his wife, and he says, "You won't believe it. Like Terrence Mann's with me. We're going to Minnesota, yeah. and she doesn't." And then it's like she's like that's so great, and then she hangs up and we cut back. Oh yeah, and the uh, the bank people are there. There we go. Right. And, and her like, brother. Why didn't you even tell? Who's, who's it's it's Amy Madigan's brother. Other oh, real life. Oh you no, mean the character. The character. Yeah. The char- Timothy Busfield. Yeah. Busfield. Yes. from West Wing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Danny Kincannon. He uh, uh, he's he's like a uh, somehow working with the the bank. Yeah, and so he's like, I'm trying to protect you, but also I work for the bad guys. So. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they get to Minnesota. Yep. Moonlight Graham's dead. Yep. Um, so they also, we should to... say that the re- the p- they put him on the board, and they were like, yeah, Moonlight Graham, he was a baseball player who only had one at bat in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. No, one one inning. One, oh, yeah, he, he didn't never, even get to go at that bat. Right. He, pl- he went on yeah. the field, and that's yeah. One inning, uh, zero at bats. Zero right. at bats. That's right. So, uh, and then we the, find out he became a doctor in the small town. Afterwards. Yeah, so, so they start to investigate him, and uh, the, the person at the newspaper... Who they the first person that they talked to? Yeah, she wrote the obituary, so they right. they meet with her. And That's a lovely little. Oh, that was a great. Oh, it's so is, good. Yeah. She knows exactly. Of course, she knows who she who he yeah. who he is. She's yeah, a yeah. writer. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. He yeah. says you're a good writer, and and Terrence Mann says you're a good writer, and she says so are you. And then she just walks away. Yeah, yeah. it's perfect. And then uh, James Earl Jones kind of goes out to a bar and he's interviewing people about Doc Graham. And this right. is, it, it's and they mention all these nice little things like he used to buy his wife blue hats. A bunch of blue hats. When they when he died, they found mm-hmm. a bunch of blue hats that he hadn't gotten around to giving her in his closet and and stuff like that. And I read that the I don't know if it's the people, I don't know if it's actors or the real people, but oh. everything that they're saying is about the real this stuff about the really? real guy. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Cause they, that's neat. When they made the movie, I mean, it's the same thing. You know, he had passed away yeah but there were still people around who knew him because he was like a staple of this community so they went around and they got yeah. all these stories and then that's what they used for the thing again it might have been the real people even talking that, about them or it might it, have been actors because it was the remember. same in the book right it was also moonlight graham i think yeah as well. who's mm-hmm. a who's a real guy right mm-hmm. and they, they they didn't change his past or his great. story almost at all great name yeah. Oh, it's the best it's baseball good. name. And they got heard. yeah. Like sometimes you hear people, eh, nah, it's a baseball name right yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Well he uh so I, I read also the author like 
was like, look, he, so the author writes like mostly baseball novels. <laughs> Go sure figure. He's written like lots of baseball novels. Yeah. A lot of them have to do with like some magical thing or whatever. But he was like looking through a baseball encyclopedia and yes. came across this story. Moonlight Graham, you know, zero at bats, one inning. And he was like, well, that's interesting. He jotted it down and then he worked it into this, into this story. Genius. Good stuff. But, uh, but they don't, they don't make too much progress. They kind of can't figure out what they're supposed to do. What they're supposed to do. Yeah. They talk about it. He's like, maybe we should learn that one inning can change a life because he had this great life as a doctor. Right. Yeah. yeah. And Kevin Costner's like, nah, that's not it. Yeah. yeah. Surprise. That's kind <laughs> of it. Yeah. 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 Later on, we're going to learn. Yeah. That's kind of the point. And but, then. Uh, the dad, the the uh, uh, Terrence Mann's dad is taking. That's where, yeah, that's where it's just kind of like, wh- where'd he go? Yeah, <laughs> I love that moment when he, because he's like, oh shit, I should call my son, and then Kevin's like, okay, I'll leave you alone. Yeah, yeah. And then he leaves him alone, and he's holding the phone, and it's just this most honest moment. He goes, "What am I gonna say? What am I gonna tell him? Yeah, what, yeah. Am yeah. what am I gonna tell him?" Like chuckles to himself. That, like I that don't know. sequence, like the minute you get Terrence Mann into the van, and then they get to Minnesota, and then it sort of becomes the Terrence, Terrence Mann investigatory yes. thing. Yeah. Like yeah. that makes you fall in love with him because he's oh, so yeah. charmed and and again charmed. He's yeah. he's so enamored him, with everybody he talks to you and can meets. See him yeah. get out of his recluse and go. Yeah. Oh, I love people. Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm a writer. Great stories. Yeah. Yeah. When he's interviewing them and asking follow up questions and and appreciating the writing that the the woman who wrote the obituary yeah. wrote yeah you see him start to remember like yeah. oh yeah i'm a I writer and this. i love so this and he's this so is good the, the work good, is he's such a good actor man and then yeah the whole and then capping with the what am i gonna do what am i gonna tell him yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. such a good moment so kevin costner goes for a walk goes for a walk and magically transports back in time yeah I guess it so just, either uh, he goes back in time once again, or Graham's a ghost. It's hard to w- w- once again tell. the confidence of this script. He just goes back in time for some reason. Yeah, yeah. We'll just... we'll talk about it in the review, but that's like both the brilliant thing about this movie it, and also the like. Yeah, I don't if know, it's got thing. yeah, if it's got you though, you don't care. You know what I mean? It's and so it's like I, I remember watching with my family, and then the minute they show because I think the way they show it is like one of the ways they show it is that they show the Godfather's playing. He walks by a movie theater, yes. yeah, yes. The which first of all is like oh, sure, all yeah. awesome fan like yeah. film nerd. Right, yeah. like, oh, that the Godfather came out in 1970. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And so you're like, that's not oh, and the music really good here you know? too. It's very good. And then was he wipes the license plate. That's, yeah, and that's right. what it that's and that's right. what it is. And then, yeah. he, and then he hears uh, they, uh, one of the things that they learned is Doc Graham always walks with an umbrella. So they yeah. hear a guy, right. they hear a, a tap tap tap, and then there and he is. like a cane, and he sees Doc Graham. He sees someone with a with a raincoat and umbrella. An umbrella, yeah. He says, "Doctor Graham." He's running after, <laughs> and him. then a, a, a movie entrance. We can't get much better. For the of like, it's okay, the we're gonna tell y'all it's Burke Lancaster, yeah. Yeah. Dolly and Low Angle. Oh, that's so good. No one's called me Moonlight Graham in 50 years. 50 years. Oh, he's so good. He's I know. Like born to play this role. So uh, totally. Good. He's of that generation where it's like he's playing some version of himself in every role, but yeah. makes it work. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I heard that, again, they wanted Jimmy Stewart for this. Movie. Oh, God, he would have oh, been wow. perfect. And they re- obviously referenced him a bunch. And yeah, he would have been perfect, but he hadn't done a movie, I guess, in like uh-huh. seven years up until that point, And then he died pretty soon. But, short after. Oh, damn. It's, a, but like, it's almost like every, I could see every... Oh, wait, you know, I, not, not to contradict you, Paul, but he did do a movie. What? He did a movie for Steven Spielberg. A little movie called Fievel Goes West. <laughs> Do you remember that? He was Wiley Burp. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, give him the old lady. 
CGI. That's it. <laughs> but yeah. Apple goes West Andrew. Looking at us like we're insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't seen it. My mo- it's my it's that's great. my movie it's movie nerd dumb. That was his in. last movie. That was his very yeah. last movie, and it came out like I think a year after he died because it's animated. Right. So, you know, yeah. but uh, well, I, they could probably convince him. All you have to do is sit in this room and say some lines. You no, know, Jimmy Stewart's like, as long as I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> that was a little cat Hepburn, but uh, you know, it's good. Yeah, but um, it works. It works. Anyway, no, I could totally Lancaster. see yeah, Lancaster kills it. Stewart would have killed it. You 100%. could say it's a great yeah. role. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's definitely a, a tie to. The past, mm-hmm. which yes. is like what the whole movie is trying to, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. trying to do. Everybody gets a good monologue in this movie. Yeah. Oh, Very he really true, does. Yeah. yeah he, so they go back to his office, yeah. and he says, "Like, tell me about your baseball career." Yeah, and he's telling him in his in his beautiful voice. Also, mm-hmm. uh, him yeah. and James Earl Jones. Yeah. Between him, James Earl Jones, and the Whisper. Yeah, great. He's got a fun. has got a fun pattern, you know, because mm-hmm. he like he speaks quickly but enunciates, so you yeah. can understand everything he says. It's true. Like, yeah. Wrap your bag around the first. <laughs> you know, to slide in the third. Oh, that line! It's put my so arms good. around the bag. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> can you make this dream happen for me, Ray Kinsella? Ah. <laughs> uh. Can you just do it? I know. We just I'm trying to, to remember. Yeah, I, but I remember even as a kid, like go, going around because I like to mimic things. So I was going around. I'm like, Mom, I'd like some milk <laughs> and some cookies. Oh, to wrap my my hand around a big solid cookie and take a bite and, hip, and you know experience that chewy chocolate. <laughs> Can you make this dream happen for me, Mom? <laughs> But again, it's a great character. You like great. you, you oh, so again. Great. You instantly believe he is who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. He, he, he's, he's, he's bringing to the movie. I mean, part of the movie is like it depends on what you're bringing to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. we'll talk about like you know you're bringing father and son and baseball emotions. Oh yeah, your own emotional baggage to this movie already. Yes. yes. Same thing with this. You're bringing already like a love of magical Burt Lancaster to this movie. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, here's my amazing monologue. Yeah. And you're yeah. just like, oh, that's what I'm, I'm here in. for. Yeah. I'm and sa- sadly, though, I hear he was a pain in the ass on set. Really? Because he was old school Hollywood. He still thought, you know, he's uh, Burt Lancaster. He's one of the yeah. he's one of those guys who still thought he was Burt Lancaster. He's a movie right? star. He's a movie star. One of, the, a different one of the biggest. But it's one of those things where it's like everybody put up with it because you see what's on screen. And you go, well, that yeah. kind of that's kind of what matters. Yeah. Do you know, have any specifics? Or I can't recall any stories, but it was just basically mm-hmm. he was just very, very difficult to work with, very demanding. And, you know, it's one of those things, too, like the director... I don't know if he had a lot of hits under his. He hadn't. No. Right. So it's there's that respectability thing. Like he's going there thinking like Costner. I don't think Costner has full Costnered yet. Yeah. He's like ascendant. Right. So there's really nobody to. There's he really hadn't no made major. Yeah. There's really no major yeah. star star. And so Lancaster's going like, well, I'm, I'm the picture seed, <laughs> you know. Can you imagine being like a first time director and then being like, all right, Bert. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Mr. Lancaster. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think so, kid. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to give you a take. And if you like the take, great. And if you don't, too bad. See you later. <laughs> yeah, see you later. I, I heard one story. I don't know if it was him being an asshole or if it was like an honest mistake. But apparently someone that he was in a scene with, he was like giving all these orders to and like like directions yeah. like, oh, bring me water and do this and do yeah. that. And then it was like, all right, we're ready to shoot the scene. And he realized like, oh, you're in the scene with me. Oh, Not Kevin Costner. I think it's one of the other scenes That'd like, be like, inter- at the end of it. That'd be interesting. Oh, sure. Later on. I don't know. Yeah, again, I don't think like it's one of those things where I don't think he was like maliciously that guy. Oh, it yeah. was like he's an older actor. He's used to being era. the top dog. It's yeah. a different era. And like maybe he's insecure because he's like clearly sure. the veteran by like 30 years. Yeah. Um, that's it. So, you know, it's still great performance Very and you good. love him yeah. every minute. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so Kevin Costner offers him like 
you know, come with us. Come with us. You know, make your dreams I, come true. He says, "Can mm-hmm. you offer me that?" And you offer me make my wish come true. And he says, "What would you say if I said yes?" And he says, "Eh, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm a doctor." Yeah, no, he, yeah. Says, good. he says it would be a tragedy if I didn't. Kevin Costner's like, "What about your dream?" Yeah, he mm-hmm. says, "If I only got to be a doctor for five minutes, that would be a tragedy." Right. Yeah. Bless, Such a good fucking. Yeah. Bless you, Doc Graham. Yeah. <laughs> There, well, there's a, there's another great line here too. Uh, I think of like we have this idea about the moments of our lives, except when we're in the, like we don't realize mm-hmm. that these are the moments of our lives until they're past. Mm-hmm. And he says, so he he's it was like the end of the season. It was the the ninth inning, and the manager was like, "You're up, kid," and he goes out into left field, and he's I think it was was it Roger Hornsby was his manager? Yeah, it was one of the old yeah legends. Yeah, and he's in the outfield, but then. They, they lose the game, and so he never gets a chance to right. get up to bat. And so he knew that he was going to – he'd only been up for a week. He was on the bench the whole time. He he, he knew that he wasn't going to – he was going to go back to the minors. Yeah. And he was like, I can't face another year and all that. So he never does it. So he says, you know, I got this close for five minutes. So that's when Kevin Costner says, well, what about your dream? Like, come with mm-hmm. us. He says, no, it's, it's okay. Like, I've had this great life, and if I'd only been a doctor for five minutes, that would have been a tragedy. So Kevin Costner goes back, and he tells – Terrence Mann, all this, and they say, uh, well, I guess we just go home. Yeah. Like, I, you know, not not sure what the point was. Right. But they, they go home. Terrence Mann is coming to Iowa to see the ball field. Right. He wants to see it. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get some, we kind of bring back in the father element. Uh, right. And their conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess he picks up, they pick up the kid first. That's so right. They're yes. driving along, and we see a hitchhiker. Yep. More magic on on a road somewhere yeah. between Minnesota and Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's this kid with this with this thumb out hitchhiking. Yeah, and he says, uh, oh, "I'm just going from town to town. You know, they're going to play ball. Yeah, they're they're, gonna, there's uh, some towns that'll that'll get you a job. Yeah, so you can play ball at night. You'll yeah. make two fifty. Which you'll, <laughs> you'll put a broom and board and a suit. And he says, "We're going someplace like that, kid." I like how here's here's my favorite part about yeah. the scene because the next thing that they do he says we're going someplace like that kid and then he introduces himself he says I'm Ray this is Terrence he says I'm Archie Graham and they're like oh that's what it is here's the thing when he's it doesn't hit until then yeah when they say we're going to a place like that kid yeah, he says yeah. well he just picked up a kid going town to town to play baseball we're going to our <laughs> magical baseball field where we've already met tons of ghosts yeah yeah doesn't click no and then he's like again the voice are like i, I just picture the voice like smacking <gasps> his forehead like, yeah oh, d- 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 just, that's like, so true because you figured they'd be primed because if it were me i'd be like what's real like i'd, I'd yeah. be like oh, yeah. i'd be like uh russell crowe and beautiful mind I'm like excuse me do you see those people <laughs> <laughs> You see that kid? You see that kid over yeah. there? The one dressed like the teens? <laughs> yeah, the voice is like, How, what do I have to do? <laughs> the other I'll voice. Stop saying words and just giving you a ghost. <laughs> like, what I'm giving you, you the dreams. I'm giving you the ghost. <laughs> he's I got, sent you back in time. You he's, got the, he's got the baseball, the, the bat and it, the mitt, and he's carrying everything. Yeah. Kind of like like a, what a coincidence. Like a, yeah. <laughs> a baseball like field. a baseball hobo. <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if Terrence Mann... Who doesn't say anything in the scene? I wonder if he's thinking like, "Well, this is probably a ghost." This is right. <laughs> this is yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, am but I like the a, only one here? This but like a good writer, yeah. he's just rolling with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the voice is like, "All right, just fuck it. Just tell him. Yeah. Tell him his name." He's yeah. like, "Well, I'm, I'm the character you just met." And that's what Kevin Costner. Whoa. And then he's in the back sleeping, and Terrence Mann and Kevin Costner start talking about Kevin's dad. 
Ray's yeah. dad. Yeah. yeah, he says Kevin tells the the backstory right. of what happened. Of basically, they got into a fight, and then he left, and and he said said something awful, and then he left. said because um, the parents man asks him right later on. Yeah. So no, that's says, not in the car. No, it is. Oh, but it's like later. He says we got into a fight. I was seventeen, and right. then I left. And he says, "Why seventeen? And he says, "Well, that's when I read the Boat Rocker by Turner." I love. Right. And and like, How dare you? That's me. the best. It's yeah. always the best reaction. It's like, see, people are blaming me for that shit. Yeah. It's not my fault that you had problems with your dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not my fault I, you didn't play catch with your father. Yeah, it's like I just wrote a book, motherfucker. Yeah. I'm a writer. I did my job. It's your yeah. fault. So he, and Kevin Costner's like, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. But so then later on, he says, "What was the awful thing you said to your father?" And he yes. says, "I can never respect a man whose hero was a criminal." He says, but you knew he wasn't. Shoeless Joe. Twist in the knife. Oh, it's so. Oh, it is. We it's say, hard the things we say to each other. Mm. And he says, well, you knew he wasn't a criminal. He says, I know, but the son of a bitch died before I could take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Guys so and their good. emotions. There we go. Oh, daddy mm-hmm. is. I'm just going to sit on this for a couple years. Yeah. <laughs> so they finally they get home, and uh, there's there's like two full teams there. Yes. And they, mm-hmm. they reunite with Shoeless Joe, and Shoeless Joe says, we were tired of doing skirmishes. We wanted yeah. to play a full game. <laughs> he says, he says, you wouldn't believe how many guys want to play here. He says, Ty Cobb wanted to play, Best but life. we couldn't stand the son of a bitch when we were alive, so we told him to stick it. Laughs, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> My mom the, always felt bad for Ty Cobb. I'm like, Mom, you don't need no, to feel bad for Ty Cobb. No. Here's the crazy thing. They were really good friends. Ty Cobb and, and Joe. Shoeless Joe. Well, they Ty were Cobb. both from the South, right? They are both mm. from the South. Yeah. Ty Cobb really respected Shoeless Joe on the field. He said he was the greatest left fielder of all time. Mm-hmm. Right. But also, they were good friends. Yeah. And they got along. And I, re- I found this story. We, we, we're we not talking too much about Shoeless Joe in the Inside Baseball part because uh, eight men, uh, We're going to do uh, eight men, men out. out. Oh, well, that's the Shoeless Joe movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Joe the yeah, yeah. But uh, I found this crazy story of like afterwards, after the scandal and everything, um, Shoeless Joe was working at like a convenience store and Ty Cobb came in. And Shoeless Joe didn't acknowledge him. And Ty Cobb like, couldn't believe it because they were close friends. And he was uh-huh. walking the aisles, like waiting for Shoeless Joe to say something. And finally, he was like, damn it, Joe, don't you remember me? Yeah. And he says, well, Ty, of course I remember you, but I thought nobody wanted anything to do with me anymore. Oh, and so oh it was Shoeless. Hard, yeah. Heartbreaking. <laughs> it was heartbreaking. This, yeah, this rift you know, came to the friendship, but Ty Cobb you know, didn't give a fuck. He loved his friend. Mm-hmm. And then, but then they were like, "No, that's a, this is a funny line." Yeah. <laughs> Cobb's an asshole. Oh, he is an asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Undisputed. That's very true. Ken Burns' baseball does not paint him in a very no. flattering light, and Which then it shouldn't. Yeah, and then there were some uh, some recent literature came out and being like, "It wasn't that bad." It's like, oh, "No, he was, no, no, he was no, a no. real racist son of a bitch." Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. Of his family has has been trying to defend push him back against. Him. Yeah, there's mm. been a lot of propaganda. Yeah, yeah. Well, are you guys going to do Cobb? Oh yeah. yeah, we're doing every single baseball oh, excellent. movie. Excellent. Yes, oh. very good. Anyway, uh, another movie. Can't wait. Uh, well, so anyway. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> they get, They're having a full game. Yeah, we're having a full field. game. Screwing Ty Cobb. Yeah, and he <laughs> says, "Oh, hey kid, you know you're the rookie, right? Well, suit up." So he goes and and Archer Graham and he and he identifies the players for the audience. Yeah. Like, oh, there's blah blah blah, and there's blah oh, yeah, blah blah yeah. with all the Kim great nicknames and Mel yeah. Hotton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Archie Archie goes <laughs> and he's in the lineup. Uh, and he's on Shoeless Joe's team, yeah. and it's the against oh, some of the other White Sox. Actually, I had never realized this until we started doing this podcast, and I realized it when they're the three of them are cheering them on. When Kevin Costner and Terrence Mann and Amy Madigan are cheering on Archie, yeah. Terrence Mann says, "Hey, hey," which is from the Willie Mays song, yeah, yeah. Which I didn't. I thought he was just 
Just saying June. words, yeah. 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 And Kevin Costner says it only takes one, which if you go back and listen to um, the Sandlot podcast, that's part of the controversy of the famous Babe Ruth call, whether or not he called his show. Oh, uh, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, in that podcast, we go through the whole legend of Babe Ruth calling his home run. But in essence, um, part of the, the mythology is he sort of, Pointed, uh, pointed out, but he held up one finger and he shouted at the pitcher. It only takes one. Right. So mm. part of the debate is: was he pointing to the outfield or was he saying it only takes one to hit Which it? Just kind of the same idea. Yeah. 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 Totally. But that's a direct callback right. to that. Which that's is, fun. Yeah. Oh, a little baseball subtlety. What a baseball this is what makes nerd. it good. Man. Kevin Costner is such a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a nerd, especially such a charming nerd. <laughs> fun uh, tangent. Speaking of Babe Ruth in the Sandlot, Chick Gandle. Yeah, is Babe Ruth in the Sandlot? Same that's actor, right? That that's that right. face. Yeah, yeah. He's got such an old school baseball face. Yeah, he, does. Which he is totally such a, does. Which is a direct callback to actually, which came out first. This one came out first. Field yeah. Dreams. Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. yeah. Eighty nine. A direct callback yeah. to this because it's the same thing. He same baseball he magic. materials out yeah. of the closet. Totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. He he has a nice scene. He's talking to Kevin Costner earlier on. And he's like, "Well, oh, I'm in such good shape." Oh yeah. Like, well, I died in '74, so I haven't had a cigarette in 32 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like how they just get that out there that they know they're dead. Yeah. You know, because that was my big thing. It was like, don't tell. Like, like well, I remember when I was a kid. It's like, don't tell them they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just gonna depress <laughs> them. Sad. Yeah. Because yeah, they're just gonna sit on that field, like staring at a baseball. And like, what was it all for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the dark the totally non-charming like, yeah that's right yeah, that's right it's like is this, yeah no is this heaven is this, is this purgatory yeah <laughs> are we paying for some crime i love the ambiguity of the heaven yeah oh yeah. yeah of the idea of like is this heaven but then they also the idea that like we don't know what's out beyond the corn and there's clearly something going on out there and they don't really know either but they do know it's yeah, yeah. it's great yeah so um moonlight graham gets up and he he has his at bat he gets to bat in the major leagues he does his thing beautiful. that he wanted to do oh yeah he mm-hmm. said in in Berlancaster speech he said he wanted to wink at the pitcher right so he does and the tell pitcher me knows it was yeah. coming <laughs> make, make him think you know something he doesn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. and he almost gets hit in the head Almost gets oh. hit in the head. <laughs> no helmets too nah. yeah it's old school yeah he says he says that he's like hey hum, how about a warning he's like sure Watch out you don't get killed. <laughs> I love that there was an ump in heaven that they were like, hey, yeah. Dave, <laughs> do you want to come? I, 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 I just, it, so when I was a kid, I used to think about that. So it's like, so it's like the in the baseball heaven, umps make it too? Sweet. <laughs> we need some guy. Come they must really love umping. Yeah. yeah. I like that. When he, you know, when they were giddy yeah. earlier, the scene you were talking about, yeah. Paul, it's like when, when he came out, was like, yeah. And he put on his ump yeah. mask and like ran to behind just the Just clicking his clicker like, yes. yes. <laughs> Oh yeah! In the in the next one, when the fantasy continues, they get umps for all the all the bases. He's like, we're tired of just having one ump, so we got the other umps. They're all sitting, just waiting to ump. And then we're in the corn. In the corn, they can't ump. Yeah, <laughs> I can't there's ump no the rules corn. in the corn. <laughs> so he uh, he gets two pitches thrown at his head. He gets two pitches thrown at his head, and Shoeless Joe calls him over, gives him a piece of advice. He says, "Well, the first two were what is it, low and away? So either it's going to be high, or the first two were high and inside. Right. So the He's next either going to do it again or low and away, low and away, or in your ear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but he gets a nice sack fly, mm-hmm. and which when I was a kid, I used to be mad it wasn't a home run. But now yeah. that I'm older, I'm like, no, yes, it's a sack fly because this is baseball, and it's, a, two it's a team thing. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the if fundamentals. We get, if we want to get really nerdy, let's with the do baseball it. Do stuff, it. 
So I found this on a baseball thing. One of the film's major storylines, Moonlight Graham finally getting an at-bat in the major leagues, is rendered moot because young Moonlight gets a sack fly in his second chance. For those not up to uh, baseball, uh-huh. acumen, a sack fly does not count in the box score as an oh, official at-bat. That's right. So congrats, guys. You <laughs> dug a guy back from the dead only to deny him his dream in the afterlife. <laughs> that's very true. It, but it does show that... He knows the fundamentals of baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, like you were saying, he is a great team player. Yeah. 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 Sack for the team. It is a it is a very baseball thing to do, like instead of just... Correct. Yeah. Defenses. It's like that or a bunt or something like yeah. that. That would have... Uh... Yeah. He's part of the team. Yeah. It, yeah and it, it doesn't hold your hand baseball-wise in that moment either. No. Like you have to know what that what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Fully and they're all supportive of him because it's a run oh, and yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's it's nice. It's nice. It's, you know, it's for what for his skill level, it's the best you could hope Pretty for good. from the it best. It was a productive yeah. at bat. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. The next morning, they're playing the game and the the brother comes out, doesn't see doesn't see the ghosts, walks, walks right walks through the game. Right through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice shot and the mm-hmm. the batter like throws his bat down yep. and he's going to go tackle him and the other guy holds him. Yeah. Back. What would happen if he had tackled him? Do you think he would have tackled him? Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah, they can play catch. So? They're not ghosts. That's true. So, so from the brother's perspective, would have he just like, like fall on him and like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it oh. might have been the invisible thing. Right, yeah. They're just might have been like... Where if we movie. cut to brother-in-law mode, yeah. like we just would see him getting dragged by no one. Right. And he's, it's he's, the movie... It's the wind. It's, it's like the, the wind. Movie, it's like the movie Ghost. Yes. Right. The ghost can ghost rules. That's right. right. It's late 80s ghost rules. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. similar Classic. era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, he comes out and he says, like, time's up. You're broke. You gotta sell the farm, mm-hmm. and it's the daughter who's the first one. Oh, and, and Terrence Mann is like he can't see the can't yeah yeah see the players. <laughs> oh, is this like who's this? Uh, it's like it's Terrence Mann, of course. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's like, like sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What does he say? He, he says, says hi. I'm the Easter Bunny. Yeah, that's yeah. Funny. What <laughs> and, a dick. <laughs> yeah, and Terrence Mann loves it. Yeah, of course yeah, he does. He's, 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 he's like, well, I mean, he's kind of with the, the brother-in-law. That was like, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> he's, he's reading baseball encyclopedia. Too, yeah, he is. Yeah, that's right. That scene. Yeah, so the brother's like, time's up. You got to sell the farm. If you do it now, there's some, it's so convoluted, but he's like, if you do it now, we'll lease you the land and yeah. you can stay on the yeah. land. If you don't, they're going to foreclose tomorrow. And and and, and you're going to have Movies. to move. Yeah. Who cares, right? No. It's like yeah, and I love it. It's like, yeah, again, it's the charm of the script. It's like, yeah. well, we need a conflict now. Yeah. We need a heavy, heavy conflict. It's like a ticking clock. Yeah. Tick, yeah. yeah. It works. Yeah. yeah. And it's the daughter who says, people will come. And he's like, right. well, yeah. he, says, he says, people will come to Iowa because they wanted to see baseball. They'll pay money. Tickets. And, and, and Kevin Costner is just like befuddled. And the brother's like, well, okay, that's great. Little fantasy. You got to sell the farm right now. Yeah. And then we get, I would say, the greatest monologue in baseball movie history. Mm, yeah. In, in baseball movie history? Baseball, yeah. I can't yeah. really argue that. Every, they play it every time. I know. In one way or another, every year for the playoffs or for the World Series. And at this point, the, have you heard the Vin Scully uh, yes. version? Yes. At this point, every famous yeah. baseball person has, has said, said it. it. They did a montage also of like all the different... It's like Mike Trout and Tom Garner. They're also, it's incredible. It's funny because they're also stilted. They're not actors. They're not, yeah, <laughs> no. they're not James Even, the, even yes. God bless him, even the Vin Scully, he's like announcing yeah. it because yeah, that's yeah, his yeah. job. That's what he does. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's in the book, if that was verbatim or I don't know the answer. Well, but Should we... Do you want to listen to it? A oh, little we bit? have to. Oh, yeah, now. we're gonna play it's, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good, this hey, is good idea. James Earl Jones convincing Kevin Costner <sighs> that people are gonna come and pay money to see the magical ball field. If you yeah. gave Oscars for moments 
for like speeches, oh, yeah. this would have won it because it's it gets, sends a chill down. Even if you're not a baseball fan, it's yeah. the conviction of it sends it's chills incredible. down your spine. Yeah, let's check it out, Ray. People will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children, longing for the past. Of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it. For it is money they have and peace they like. Ray. Just sign the papers. And they'll walk out to the bleachers. Sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines. Where they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game. And it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick that I have to brush them away from their faces. Ray, when the bank opens in the morning, they'll foreclose. People will come, Ray. You're broke, Ray. You sell now or you lose everything. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America's ruled by... Oh, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the the baseball marks the time that gets me every time. It's, it's so like it's it's kind of true. It's <laughs> a, it's a sublime just like speech and performance and yeah. the filmmaking and every part of it. We were we were just saying like the crunch of the his feet on the gravel, mm-hmm. uh, the way he says baseball dirt. as yeah. like a, you know two syllables. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's wonderful. It reminds us of of how what is it of all that was, was of all that good. was good and, and what could be again yeah and that's baseball 100 yeah. percent. it's always in the past and in the future it's, mm-hmm. it's it's moving forward and it's never changing it's, mm-hmm. i actually read about this speech so james Earl jones is not a baseball fan yeah which is <laughs> which <laughs> is weird because he's what? in he's in like three he's in baseball so movies. many baseball yeah, well, but he is a great actor <laughs> <laughs> well he so when he read the script he fell in love with that monologue. Mm. And that's why he did the movie. Interesting. And he was worried that they were going to cut that speech. Oh, God. And that's the whole reason they can't did imagine. the movie. I can't you imagine. Yeah, you, can make that, you can make that the whole movie. Yeah. That's fine. It's the best yeah. part. Yeah. Really every, every, yeah. Everybody gets a great monologue. Yeah. yeah, that's true. It's so simple, too. Just the idea people will come. Yeah. Like, that's all you need. Yeah. You know, people are going to come. Yeah. It's great. Totally. Uh, and then... After the best scene probably in the movie, we have arguably probably the worst shot in the movie, I would say, when the brother goes, no, your daughter's speaking in tongues. And oh, he like, yeah. kind of shakes her. Yeah. And, and he, then she falls. Your daughter, like, yeah, and there's that terrible oh. undershot of them like, Ooh, like watching her fall. Yeah. So she. Not good. So the, the <laughs> brother, yeah, that was a rough moment. Yeah. Kevin Costner says, well, I'm not selling. He yes. believes in the magic. And the brother is so frustrated. Mm-hmm. And he kind of shakes the daughter and she falls off the back of the, yeah. the bleachers. They'll jump down and they're all worried and she's not breathing and Karen's gonna go call the ambulance. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Costner's like, "No, wait," which <laughs> that's that's crazy. That's the that's the even as a kid, I'm like, "No, go, let her call the dude, ambulance. Dude. Don't rely on the ghost. She looks dead. Dead. Like, yeah, she <laughs> legitimately, that like, she died from this. I know. Drop. There's a part of me that's always nervous. Like they look to the field and she's on the field and you're like, "No." <laughs> Oh, oh shit. no! She comes out of the corn. Yeah, the, the existential one. Yeah, they don't save the farm. Yeah. Oh god, it comes out. Oh, god. No, but fortunately, Daddy. it's the no wait. 
Yeah. Yes. And yeah. then uh, Archie Graham comes. Archie Graham. Uh, and they established, we didn't set it up, but we established right. before the ghosts can't cross the line off the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can't come into our world or whatever. Right. But so he does and changes into Burt Lancaster. Right. Because you got to bring the it Doc Graham. Lancaster. Mm-hmm. And again, the no calling and then the way the doctor gets the lodged hot dog out of the kid yeah. is mm-hmm. not the Heimlich. Which is the no. way you're supposed to do it. It's actually the way you're not supposed to do it, which is just yes, smacking on her back a couple of times. Which is Good like girl. it's like 1920s yeah. technique of like, what he's choking, hit him harder. Also, yeah. Also, the line. I mean, again, charming, but the line right. itself is, "This child's choking to death." Yeah, it's like oh, it's just some emergency. The most, he's dying again. Bert, choking to death. Bert, only Burt Lancaster could yeah. pull off that moment. Yeah. It's like I'm not worried at all. Yeah. Not at all. She may have a concussion as well. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But definitely the hot dog. Yeah. And then there's the moment Kevin's like, oh no, you can't go back. So they save, well, they save the kid. Right. And the brother Ken is now like, well, all these ball players here. Yeah. (laughs) So they, what happens next? (laughs) There's that moment where. Kevin looks at him and he's like, oh, God, you can't go you back. You can't go back. Uh, you, can't, you can't be and young again. You can't play yeah, anymore. He says, it's all right. It's all right. Right. Yeah. It was great. And then he says goodbye to, I'm getting choked up talking about it. He says yeah. goodbye to all the players. Uh, yeah. There's that moment. He does this thing with his hands where he's like, thank He says, like, thank you. And he yeah. kind of, like, takes bruises both hands. He kind of goes, like, mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Gesture. It's so, Immediate yeah. tears. <laughs> and it's so nice, too. He So he walks off. Through the, the through all the past yeah. oh, players God. into the corn, they're like, good, and it's, "Thanks, Doc. Good well, job, Doc." Yeah, it's so great because they're all thanking him, and it's like it's beautiful because literally two scenes before that, he's the rookie. Everybody's shitting on him, give him a hard time, and then now as he's after he saved the girl, everybody recognizes him as you're the elder and thank you, Doc, and yeah, and he gets it's that beautiful. respect. It's, yeah. it, it just like the seamless transition with this one character. Mm-hmm. You're tracking his changes. It's it's just beautifully done. Still a zero batting average, but yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no at bats. He's got a ribby. One RBI, yeah. He's got a ribby. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. And then um in total though, it's one of those things where you feel Burt Lancaster like is in the movie a lot, but it's like really two scenes. Yeah. yeah. And but he gets a great intro and he gets a great closing. And yeah. my favorite is like just as he's like heading out the court, he's like, hit one for me, Chippy. Uh, you know, something yeah, like that. So and you're just good. like, oh, well, and then he, as he gets to the corn, Shoeless Joe calls, oh, hey, rookie. Yeah. And he turns and they just do this like sweeping tracking shot into him oh yeah and the music is like this magical chimes and he says you were good and he kind of nods and Uh, it's it's so great it's amazing (laughs) and then but of course i can't help in real life just be like all right bert so we're gonna cue you you're gonna turn the camera and then you're gonna walk into the corn yeah (laughs) (laughs) how far do i go before i stop (laughs) yeah how far do i go it's very sharp in there (laughs) i'm allergic to corn (laughs) i've never been in a cornfield before (laughs) This is a first. What if I get lost? <laughs> what if, hey, is what is maze? it? Hey, what is this picture about anyway? <laughs> I don't understand. I didn't. I didn't touch a baseball once. In my first, <laughs> I don't in understand. My, in my other scene, I was a doctor. Now I'm on a baseball field in a farm. Yeah, Am I a corn make sense. doctor? I don't. Yeah. Yeah. You have me smacking a girl in the back to get a hot dog out. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm an actor, and even I know you use the Heimlich. <laughs> so yeah. that. The players take they call it a day, mm-hmm. and then Shoeless Joe turns back. He says, "Hey, do you want to come with us?" Kevin Costner's all like, "Giddy, fuck yeah, I do come with you guys. Oh, We're yeah. out there." And he says, "No, not you, him." And he points to oh. James Earl Jones, yeah. Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann. He says, "Him, 
What about me? That great line. What does he say? He says, um, "He's like, I'm not saying like what's in it for me, but like, I, what are you saying? Well, what's I, in I it guess for me? what's in it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never once asked what's yeah, in it for that's me. What, it is, yeah. Yeah. what are you saying, Ray? I'm yeah. saying what's in it for me. Yeah, it's so good. He says, "Is that why you did it, Ray? For you? Oh, with in front of all the Sorry. players. Fucking yeah." God. And 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 James Earl Jones comes down. and He says, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to write about it." And yeah, well, it's literally the, the they should have sent a poet, and they did. Yeah, yeah. it's no, like it's no, true, if yeah. somebody's going to record about what it's like on the other side of the corn, you don't want the Iowa farmer. You want you know the Pulitzer Prize <laughs> winning. <laughs> who's not even really a farmer that's right no he's a shit farmer he's not yeah. even great at what he is yeah. and then you got you got to you know generation defining writer shit farmer the guy who yeah. supposedly made up the make love not war slogan yeah can you imagine can you imagine if kevin costner did go and oh my he wrote about it it was so cool I mean, that's what i mean it's like on the other side of it, it's like what it was like it was like oh it was wow you know it was just and- i know and and just not like five minutes earlier you got james Earl jones giving this beautiful <laughs> yeah. you know v- visual ever. monologue it's like memories you gotta swat away in that front of your face is one of the and, best and you're just sitting there going like hey, there's a, we're racing it like a chalkboard like metal Metaphors and similes and like, ooh, this guy's a great writer. It'll and then it's like if they dip themselves in magic water. Yeah, yeah. He oh, literally crap. proves that's the guy who should write about yeah, the magic 100%. in the yeah, heavens. I mean, like, it'd be great if like it seems like profound and like it was always a part of the plan. But it'd be great if Joe Jackson was in the background, like, holy shit, we should take that guy back with us. Yeah. He'd know exactly what to say. Huh. I didn't know why he's here, but oh, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> those Suspenders. Those were out when I even when I was around. Yeah. But then we get the we it's revealed that Terrence Mann lied to Kevin Costner that he did do that interview. He says I gave the interview. Mm. Yeah, and he's like, "Why did you lie?" He's like, "You were trying to get that me." (laughs) And that's the charming time to have that conversation. By the way, (laughs) we got to remember they've known each other at this point for like three days. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And they've shared a hotel room together, which, like in guy language, that's a big leap. They farted in front of each other for sure, totally, and laughed about it. A hundred percent. There, it's an unbreakable bond. Yeah. Yeah. So James Earl Jones goes out and and he's giggling and he kind of as he goes into the corn. corn. Yeah. Oh, what a great! Because you're uh, like, because like you'd be nervous. Anybody would be nervous, but he's just like, ha 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 ha. Yeah. Uh, and he does, he does, he puts his hand in. Yeah. And, he's yeah, like, yeah, uh, and then yeah. he he's about to and he stops and he does that bend. He like yeah. bends down and looks. He's like, what's going it's, on? Yeah. It's just it's delightful. It's so <laughs> that's what I want to yeah. hear if yeah. somebody's going into something like the the great unknown. Yeah. It's like, oh, yes. good, he's having a good time. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> not ow ow ow. Why? It Why? Burns. Let me let me go. Help. So he uh goes in. Yeah, he goes in. All the all the other ghosts go in and the family's getting ready to go in and Shoeless Joe's grinning and Kevin Costner says, What are you grinning at, you ghost? Yeah. And he's and he says, Now, if you build it, he will come. And then he then he starts to leave. Mm. And we see the reveal of the last player on the field who is Kevin Costner's father. Oh. And it's actually, it's great. The um, He takes the mask off and he sort of turns and he's standing in front of the fence and he holds it. That's mm-hmm. the exact photograph that they show at the very beginning oh, too, of him as a, as a young man. Yeah. Movies. Movie. Magic. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and Kevin Costner says, oh my God, it's my father. Right. And he's, he kind of recounts like, I only saw him when he was an old man and after life and here he is, he's young and. He comes up. They have a nice conversation. He kind of, It's very like subtle. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot that's good. He says, this is, he introduces his daughter. Oh. 
He says, "This is that's John. another one." And he says, "Hi, you know, hi, Karen." Right? Because he said that earlier. There was they planted that yeah. earlier. Where he was like, he didn't even get to meet his granddaughter. His granddaughter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Amy Madigan has that great line. She's yeah. like, "Why don't you introduce him to his granddaughter?" Ah, uh, uh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> And like they had talked about there, obviously the the center of the movie is is his broken relationship with his father. Yeah. But his relationship with his daughter is so strong. Yeah. yeah. It centers around baseball when the center of of his of of his relationship with his father was also about baseball was broken. Yeah. And but with his daughter, it's also centered around baseball, and, but it's perfect and, and it's and he, making up for his dad. Yeah. And because of that strong father daughter bond, he burned the Terrence Mann book. <laughs> she can never read it. <laughs> That's right. Don't read this. Just keep liking baseball. Please. Yeah. Yeah. So Amy says, Well, we're going to have to do some. We got to get ready for all these people. Right. Coming, you guys so. talk. Yeah, yeah. You guys talk. So she takes the daughter, Karen, off the field and they're they're talking together. And he says, Hey, is this, is this, I got to ask you something. Is this heaven? He says, No, it's Iowa, which is a callback to what Shoeless Joe asked him yeah, right. at the beginning. And he says, well, I could have sworn this was heaven. And Kevin Costner's like, is there a heaven? It's just gets so weepy. It's yeah. So, so much. And he says, I think that literally the line is like, um, he says, oh, yes. Like, it's a place where dreams come true. And, and, and that, that, that's that ambiguity that I fucking love. Yeah. And then like, Kevin Costner's like, maybe this is heaven. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they fucking play catch. Oh, well, well this is the line. That. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. So... So he starts to go back in the field, That's and Kevin right. Costner oh. says, "Hey, Dad!" Dad. Oh, ah, oh. because right up until that point, they had not. It, it was as if John did again, not know who he was. Again, men not wanting to work through their emotional things, right, like right, just yeah. like walking around the topic the whole time. Well, it's actually luck that this line got in there. Really? Well, okay. Well, so he says, "Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch?" Which is what, the, and he says, "I'd like that." And then they they play catch, and but apparently. That wasn't in the original movie, mm. and audiences reacted negatively to this whole ending because they either thought he was an asshole for not even acknowledging that it was his dad, right? Or they were like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know who the character was supposed to be because yeah. that beginning montage is so for backwards. Yeah, yeah. So if you notice in that shot, they had to loop in that line of dialogue of "Hey, Dad." So it's a, it's oh. on. The father. That's true. Works. Kevin Costner says, "Hey, Dad," and that's when he turns around. And apparently, the first test greeting that was like off the chart. Oh yeah, I was yeah. like everybody's favorite yeah. thing about the whole. Movie. Every every man yeah. in that yeah. theater <laughs> was just a hundred percent. Been to a pepper. I'm not crying. Pepper yeah. and popcorn. <laughs> but it's a nice movie. That's all. It's good. Yeah. It's good. The music swells. It's yeah. sunset. It's this glorious yeah. magic hour. Orange and purple, and mm. they start to have they start to play catch. And then we have the helicopter shot. Of you see like the entire They're state coming. is is a line yeah. of cars of all the lights on the highway, mm-hmm. uh, which you know here in LA is called Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly yeah. thought like as I saw that it, it did not strike me as yeah. weird at first. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's right. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> this is Iowa. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, like the whole community got involved for, for that, that show. Oh no, oh, that's cool. Yeah, they all they couldn't they couldn't coordinate people actually moving, mm-hmm. so everybody went and like parked along the side of the road, and they just. Uh, turn their lights turn their lights on and off and went between high beams and low beams mm. and that would sort of made it look like with the far away helicopter shot that's what really like the, it worked great yeah, yeah it's a great ending and then that's the end yeah and that's it i always <laughs> i thought like about how because she was set right before that scene he says hey we're gonna go till tomorrow but check out your dad over there and then he leaves and then it's kevin costner and his dad playing baseball which again kevin John didn't make it as a ball player, right? Mm-hmm. He he did not wasn't yeah. famous. Like Moonlight Green. 
So all you have all these people showing up, thousands of people being like, "Oh my god, this field! Look, it's that guy and th- that guy." <laughs> <laughs> they literally have to wait a whole day before um, they're going to see anyone famous. Uh-huh. Yeah. I always wonder about the logistics of what's going to. Are they going to stay at the house overnight? Like, what's happening? I read also about just about this last scene before we review the movie. Mm. According to the the DVD, the actor who played the father, John Kinsella, yeah. his name is Dwyer Brown. Apparently, his father passed away like right before this. Oh, and he God. went from the funeral directly to Get the set. Out of here. And he said that totally influenced how he oh, played the whole I scene. would hope so. Yeah. My God. Amazing. Yikes. It's, I mean, it's Damn really imagine. a beautiful the, the whole ending of this movie. Yeah. Is, it's just fathers and sons and yeah, cats. So sentimental. That's so great. Yeah, you know, but it works. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> really. It's delicate. I think Ebert talked about it in his review. It's so delicate, like you can't touch mm. it. Like yeah. they they sort of strike a perfect tone throughout. Yeah, yeah, because it's one wrong turn in this movie and the whole thing with House of Cards. It just yeah. would all come crashing down. Well, yeah. let's let's review it, Tom. What do you th- what do you think of this movie? I think you know I'm a Spielberg guy. I'm, I am a Capra guy, so this is right up my alley. This is kind of this movie is kind of the reason I watch movies wow. to feel magical and tingly inside, and yeah. like and they're hard again. Like I was just saying, they're really hard to do because, especially now, um, and even then, an audience can skew skeptical and cynical. So sure. the, you have to make it very charming and very likable from the outset, so that once you get the audience, everything you do after that. And we were making little jokes about it, but it's true. It's also kind of admirable that it's like, yeah, he's now back in time for some reason. Oh yeah, we just met Moonlight Graham as an old man. Now we're going to meet him as a kid. Why? How? He's just waiting on the side of the road. Don't think about it. Yeah. Enjoy the movie. And it's it really it has that. It, it really fits into both in the theater, but also like talking about nostalgia, like, you know, Sunday nights at my house after a rainy day in summer and you got all the windows open and feel dreams on and you yeah. eat some popcorn. Like, yeah. it's just, it, it sort of fits into that whole mode. So I think it's great. And it's, everything works, like in most great movies. Like, everything is working yeah. at its full potential. It's a great, charming, quotable script. It's a it's a talented, admirable cast. It's beautifully shot. Yeah. It's beautifully edited. The scores uh, the scores James Horner you said Amazing. one of the best. The scores um, ma- is magical. Yeah. The scores I'd say the scores is is responsible for like thirty percent of yeah. like the, Easily. the emotion. Easily hundred percent. I saw and it was a conversation with the director, uh, Phil Alden Robinson. Mm. It was him and the and James Horner talking about it like years later. Yeah, and evidently the studio wanted because the last movie he had done evidently was American Tale to bring it back to five. No kidding. Yeah, so they wanted a big, huge orchestral score. Oh, no, and he was like, "Yeah, totally, I'm doing that for you." And he was like, "I'm not." Yeah, yes. <laughs> and so they kept checking in, and like they would ask him like, "So, how's that big orchestral score coming?" He's like, "So good. <laughs> it's going so big. Really well. So many orchestra." Yeah. Um, and it's so not that, and yeah. it's so subtle, yeah. and it, it, again, like it has to be because yeah. it's such a delicate movie. You go yeah. too far in totally. any one direction, and you're going to lose the audience, and then you're back. This is a bunch of crap, and 100%. then you just can start making fun of it. But yeah. it, no, it's earnest all the way through. It's that it's that magical thing that it enhances that magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, magic's the word. The really it, magic it embraces is the word. it, yeah. and like you, and, and like we keep saying, like all this stuff happens, and we don't care. We don't question yeah. it. We're happy and charmed for the movie to take us where we want it, it to go. It props up the idea that we all love and know to be true that baseball is magical. Yeah. right. Yeah, it brings to life this real magic, but really, it's just about how magical 
baseball is. Mm-hmm. Paul, what, what do you think of the? What's your review? What do you think? I love this movie. I don't think it's my favorite baseball movie. I think A League of Their Own still might be the top. Oh, that's for a that. great one it's too. So good, but yeah. it's it's probably it's the top five, top three for sure. Um, it's it's so. I think I saw Kevin Costner talk about it when we're kind of talking about it now. Where it's not an intellectual script. It's Mm-mm. a it's a very raw emotional movie, mm-hmm. yeah. and you don't question any of the shit that's happening because all the emotions are true it's very like you said very earnest yeah yeah it, it's a capra movie like if you yeah. watch the, oh, yeah. the frank capra movie mr smith or it's a wonderful life or so like good yeah. good yeah. meaning people who are all trying to do their best just kind of going through all these events i even think we talk you know roger as always uh has a wonderful things to say i think there was something he said in his review about like this is not a movie for the cynics this is not a movie for the realists yeah. this is like don't I will not tell you to watch this movie. Don't yeah. avoid this movie. If yeah. you will not like it, it's of a certain kind. But for yeah. people who do like those movies, you're going to have a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's that kind of sums up the main thing that I feel about it. Yeah, is if you can ignore. Like, I mean, like we've been doing this whole show. When you start to poke at the plot, when you start to turn mm-hmm. it back, yeah. it's like eh, kind of ridiculous. Yeah, but it's a testament to the movie that you don't necessarily don't think that yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Even a lot of the bad reviews that I read. Or the negative reviews were like, I'm watching it again and it doesn't hold up. It's ridiculous. And it's like, but how'd you feel the first time? Right. Like the first time exactly. you're so caught up in the emotion and all of the, all of the, it's like a perfect storm of filmmaking, right? The cinematography is absolutely beautiful. They stage the farm or the, the field on the farm to get the perfect light for mm. all of this yeah. like sunset scenes. Um, the, like we've been saying, the music is just fabulous. The speeches are great. The the, the script was nominated for an Oscar. All of the, all the performances to deliver those great words, like we've been saying, Burt Lancaster and James Jones, everything just fits together so well, and you're so caught up in the emotion of that. Yeah, 100%. And, and like you want that in a story. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I hate going to movies. I would rather go to a movie that's terrible than a movie that's like, so-so just like in the middle the, the middle yeah. is well, like eh, it's that's okay. the thing it's like worst. it's so damn confident in itself and it yeah. tries so when you're behind the scenes you know how much hard work that movie is but it does seem effortless yeah, but like but now it, i know it totally it's, it's like watching i'm like god they uh like i said like everything just has to be right to make yeah. this movie yeah. work it's very very delicate and there's just a lot and also just there's a lot of great scenes it's a very it, it is that movie again not to keep comparing it to television but you pop it on and you say to yourself oh i'm just going to watch this one scene yeah yeah and oh, then this I'm going to this scene no yeah. this scene's great when <laughs> yeah. he meets james Earl jones yeah, when yeah. they meet moonlight Graham, yeah. when they yeah. do this and you're just like oh wait so actually no this movie's got a whole slew of great scenes yeah. and uh, great scene i think another. it's really about also we've been kind of hanging out it's really about nostalgia totally. like not only is it good, nostalgic yeah. in itself yeah which is one thing and i think a lot of movies are that yeah they are nostalgic just in how they exist but also it's about that nostalgic love of baseball yeah mm. and and even all the scenes of like him rediscovering terrence mann is like he wanted to play at ebbets field like yeah. that's the thing that he's yep. nostalgic about mm-hmm. and my father loved shoeless joe yeah and he meets his his dad's nostalgic yeah. hero mm-hmm. and all of this is nostalgic for him bringing him back to when he was a kid right and all that and then that movie does that for us yeah you know and this even the speech is like they're gonna sit somewhere they're gonna find that they've got reserve seats somewhere along the one of the baselines where they sat when they were children it's yeah. all about this nostalgic yeah. idea of things were better when it, we were young and yeah. baseball was important and 
And it's such a simple game. It's a simple game. Like totally. we talked about earlier, uh, like how like the, the, the weird nonsense rules of the movie, but you kind of go along with it. I mean, really, if you want to get super philosophical with it, you could say the same thing about baseball. If you break it down, mm-hmm. you're just looking at like, it's a bunch yeah. of grown men hitting a, a ball with a stick, but, yeah. and there's all these rules to make it so that it's for interesting play. But like, you, that's not the point. The point is everything the movie's about, like what it means and, and yeah. what it is to play and, and yeah. enjoy think, those times. And at the center of it, obviously it's a story about uh, a dad and his, uh, his son and his frayed relationship with his father, mm. but also this nostalgic idea that baseball for everyone is different it's always tied to who introduced you to it. Mm-hmm. Baseball isn't just a game. It's tied to the memories of your early memories of enjoying yourself with your parents, with your brother and sister, yeah. totally. or going out and playing in your own sandlot. And like James Earl Jones at its field, Kevin Costner with his dad. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's magical. I think I've mentioned this on other shows too, but Sydney, Sydney Lamette, a uh, famous film director said oh, it's one of the best. about an ending. It should be, he said a good ending for a movie should be both a surprise and, and it should feel inevitable at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie is That's like a true. perfect example of yeah. that. Of they weave in kind of in the in the f- opening montage, and then just two or three scenes throughout the 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 story of him and Kevin Costner and his father. So it's it's there just enough that you understand why it has meaning with building the field and bringing Shoeless Joe back. Yeah. But then when the father actually shows up, it's a surprise. But then you're like, oh, well, of course, that's that's what the whole thing is about. Is it's yeah. not about Sheila's Joe. It's about Kevin Costner and his dad. So then it it that's why I think that that end scene delivers so well. Yeah. Is you're shocked and also oh yeah, it can't be anything other than this. That's right. the whole point of the whole movie. Yeah, because yeah, because again, you're men- like you said, you're mentioning it all throughout. So they had to come to some sort of uh, resolution with it. It's a perfect balance. It's a it's a yeah. perfect balance of that that story and mm-hmm. I think I think that's one of the we've been talking a lot about like the strength of the screenplay is making the ridiculous seem charming and palatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think another really strong aspect of the screenplay is balancing all those things. The how much they weave in the story of the the money and the family is is right. going to be uh losing to the bank yeah. and also the reminders of the tension with the father and how we learn that story yeah. subtly and simply over the course of the movie. And then everything converges in like three scenes at the end. It's just, it's balanced so well. So true. I think when these movies are believable, it's because they get those things right. And yeah. that makes the magic or the fantastical nature of the movie just not matters yeah. because there's the story's relying less on it because all the, uh, all the really believable stuff is taken care of, totally. right? Their relationship, yeah. the money problems, um, the father son issues, the battling of cynicism versus mm. of the progressive era versus you know Reagan's eighties America, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But uh, but that's all kind of there, and then so you don't mind when a bunch of you know guys from the teens emerge from a cornfield and start playing baseball yeah. because like the rest of the stuff's believable, and you're like ah cool, I'll go yeah. with that. Yeah. Again, like I said, it's very and you're you're happy to see them. Oh yeah, just yeah. as much it's charming. as Kevin Costner is yeah. just like yeah, old, old baseball guy. Yeah, playing. This yeah. Is good. Now, now I will throw out one kind of devil's advocate. All right, let's hear it. Perspective. Sure. Is I think one of the biggest flaws in the movie is that there are no black players. I would agree that with come that, out of the actually. corn, mm. and and but that's sort of like a that's like a microcosm for the bigger thing is that it's about this idea of nostalgia, which is like. Back to the simpler times when everything was great, 
like what time is that? You know, it's like <laughs> that's when, the rough thing. Before, yeah. especially since he mentions before, Jackie Robinson. Yeah, and it's like especially because it's players from the teens. We're yeah. talking thirty years before. Yeah, uh, you know, Jackie Robinson was forty-seven. So yeah. we're talking yeah. thirty years before before yeah. that happened. So there's de- it's definitely like a very kind of white privileged perspective sure, of, yeah. you know of the game and it's like things were better when we didn't have to worry about some of these things and yeah that, that's the danger of it i mean that's i took a class of sports and cinema in syracuse and that was the professor's major beef against it he was very you know he he was not a hollywood guy and mm-hmm. so for him movies that put forward that nostalgia always made the error of saying, well, who's nostalgia? Yeah. Right. Who's golden time? And I'm I'm defensive of it out of, I think, in a sense of ignorance, right? If you're sure. talking a narrative of like what we knew professional baseball to be of that time, which was the late 80s, mm-hmm. then you're talking about these guys. And uh, that we are not having the we were not having the advanced conversations that we're rightly having now. It's just sure. kind of it kind of was that was our relationship with history at that time. It was yeah. like, well, this kind of is kind of how it was. And then there were the call of the time of their time Negro leagues, mm-hmm. where you had just as talented players and 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 guys doing stuff that would be record smashing in, yeah. in the professional realm. But again, I think it comes down to intent. And I think they're just working with the history of what baseball is known as. And as far as the 80s, the late 80s were concerned at the time, that was the history of baseball. But that's not to say that it excuses it. It's just, it's not trying to answer those questions. It's just trying to t- kind of talk about baseball. And the sure. idea of, and taking the opportunity to make the J.D. Salinger character a respected African-American writer yeah. and talking about that whole, bringing in that whole civil rights element and stuff. So it's at least aware that it needs to be appropriate to history in that regard. Cause yeah. you could have easily just cast a white actor and give them them, a, a, you know, totally. a white kind of perspective there. Yeah. And his heroes, Jackie Robinson, he wants to play at Ebbets field and the Brooklyn Dodgers. So that all feels very historically accurate. Yeah. And, uh, there's and a I, really nice, also something I kind of noticed on this viewing, there's kind of nice, uh, a nice, layering of sort of these very American themes Mm. talked about or discussed or pointed at sort of throughout this movie. So, I mean, obviously baseball, you know, is, is the iconography of Americana. We all know that, but the father's story is very much the American dream. Mm -hmm. You know, he started in the rural country and then came to the big city. He's a veteran and then is working to get his son a better life and right. kind of see even even if it was just he owns a farm and he's got his own business and all that yep. that is you know that is progress that is a better life than right you know it says his father was born in i think like 1890 or yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that but so we've got that annie's scene in the 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 all school assembly is very much like free speech and democracy yeah. and anti-fascism and no censorship um, it's got a Rockwellian kind of feel to it too, like oh, the, absolutely. the lone person among the. And then the group. James Earl Jones's whole character is, you know, he was the definition of involved in the '60s and yeah. civil rights, and he knew Martin Luther King, and he marched, and yeah, you know, all of that. And then, of course, just everything being in like the heartland in rural America, and um, you know that that sort of, that that imagery is so important to our American identity as well. I'd even say go so far as to say uh, uh, the bank 
being the bad guy. It's like, well, capitalism there, is. Yeah. There we go. And you know, inherent very, to America. Um, again, also. that's that's very, very wonderful uh, life. Yeah, yes. very okay, very Capra. Yeah. You know. And, well, and then and then to, just to bring it home, the the point of this movie is like, well, follow your dreams. Yeah. You know, like yeah, that's, that's true. That's yeah. the idea. All of those are like so American and mm-hmm. Americana. Yeah. You know, and then just Kevin Costner, how much you know, clean cut, you know, oh, American good, movie star do you get? Oh, good Lord. Yeah. yeah. It's funny you mentioned all that stuff too. Cause that's, I mean, I think that's a lot of the charm and what makes it successful is that it, it taps into those things without directly tapping into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, again, approaching it very delicately, but I think back to that course I took in Syracuse. And like I said, the professor hated this movie mm-hmm. and his spin on it was that it basically epitomized Reagan's eighties, you know, sort of capitalist revision of America, yeah. and it, and and we had to suffer through many classes of this. I mean, he brings he brings up great points, but it was very clear that this was that this was personal for him. Uh, I don't know how much of it delved into true film theory, but there, he as anything he brings up some good points of like the dejection, maybe I'm trying to think of a better the disillusioned mm. uh, point of view of the couple of uh, Madigan, Amy Madigan and Kevin Costner, how they were once these like progressives and hippies, and now but, but now they're farmers where in Iowa, yeah, right, a conservative state, mm-hmm. and it's a white picket fence house yeah. and uh, and this sort of idyllic past of of America, like I said, Americana. The whole thing Reagan was selling, if you watch his ads, it was yeah. always you know farmers on their tractors um, right. you know uh, harvesting or or people working in the coal mines and so very much saying like our strength is in our past our strength is in our nostalgic belief oh, yeah. of what america is and then well he used the sounds the, familiar he, yeah he literally used the phrase make america great again yes he yeah. did you know years before yes he did you know, Trump and and, and how it kind of represents the and there was a lot of this in in the culture at the time, which we're sort of re- reliving re- reliving now and and revisiting, uh, which was you know the idea that the children who were going to change the world, the children of the '60s, mm-hmm. gave up on those dreams and decided they wanted to get rich, mm-hmm. right? Because the worry, the main concern, comes down to money. Yeah. Oh, we're not going to make money. We right. can't make money. You know, and uh, and then the the characterization of Terrence Mann, which I felt this professor was a little harsh on, but just basically saying like he's just a you know an African American guy who's just settled with how America is, like everything's fine. You know what? The past wasn't too bad when I couldn't play, because look at these guys, you know. So it was a it was a very sort of um, contrarian point of view which was interesting to see and kind of think about and i think was definitely a reflection of that time in the 80s when like in the 50s we just felt so good about ourselves like america felt so good about being america you know oh yeah Uh, of course we ended up paying for it in the early 90s as we normally do but i i give the movie a little more credit than that i think it lives separately of its time because again the intention of the filmmakers is like it's all up there on screen like also you should have known when you took a course that was labeled Feel a dream sucks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, one one. There's, there. It's a book. It's called. Surprises here. It's a book. It's called. um, Is it Flatliners or something? It's there's a whole book of essays, and one of a lot of them were like of those nostalgic sports movies of the '80s. So like this, The Natural. Mm -hmm. um, Rudy probably. uh, Rudy was a little after, but but fits into the same sort of category of like Hoosiers. 
Who, oh, Hoosiers for sure. Yeah. You look at all these things, and what are they? It's rural white people sort of playing a sport in a nostalgic way where everybody comes together around. Like, yeah, wasn't it great back then? Yeah. And sure. so it's, it's it, I think it's interesting. Again, I, I give it as much credence as you give any credence. A movie can be many things and say many things. And I just think that there's a charm to, to, to feel the dreams. I don't think there's yeah. a malicious bone in its body. And I, I think, think so it's too. working with... Not at all. I think it's working with, with what it's got. And if you were to talk to that filmmaker now and say, well, would you add these elements? I'm sure he'd say, absolutely. Oh, I of course. Even said, I said, I forget, it was either the author or the director, but one of them said they regretted at the time not including Francis Black Player. There you go. I think the problem is solved, honestly, all, if you just have Jackie there. Yeah. <laughs> like any of them. Jackie right. or Josh Gibson or Satchel or, yeah. you know, yeah, any of those guys. Yeah. Any of them just there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's the thing with this is like, it's of its time. So we can, I think we can both recognize yes. like we've progressed since then. Yeah. You know, there are some parts that obviously now times have changed and it would be really nice to have that representation in there. Also, if you take it of its time, it's a really kind of sweet movie. It's it's intent is you know families coming together and and you right. know the emotions of fathers and it, sons connecting over baseball. Yeah, this is me editorializing, of course, but it's my feeling of it's really hard to judge the intention of a movie. However many years past, you have to look at sure. like what it is, what it's saying, maybe the time it's made in. But unless it outright, I mean, unless you're watching Birth of a Nation, right. which makes no bones mm-hmm. about exactly where it stands on a lot of that stuff and is a despicable movie in that regard you know i think it starts to get dangerous because movies are very subjective you know and you can come in and see whatever you want to see and that's that's the danger of like would you if you talk to these filmmakers would they say god yeah had we had another shot at it or at the time like because you don't know like maybe all the filmmakers wanted it and the studio is like listen we got to get middle america like they don't know you know they want to hear hear about shoeless joe they don't want to hear about these other players or you you never know the reasons why that happened but you can go back and say maybe there was an opportunity and maybe there was a missed opportunity but i don't think the movie's actively trying to promote a lot of that you know i can see an argument being made for if there were black players, it's possible that Shoeless and the crew would have been like, "Whoa!" Well, that's the other danger <laughs> too. A you may have these a, guys. you may have a situation too where I mean, because God, how far down this rabbit hole do you want to go? Yeah. Of like, yeah, okay, so you put in African American players. Now you have to. Now the onus is on you to historically and accurately depict the attitude right. that these players would have had towards these African American players. Totally, and you, you know, yeah, you could have fixed it with like. Oh, you know what? Well, they're in heaven. They understand it. That's fine. fine now, but know? yeah, but again, it's like, but then how is is that inauthentic, right? Like how how yeah. where where do you go with 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 that? And um, again, not saying that it's a defense or not, but it's like when we get into the situation of rewriting movies how they should have been, yeah. it's like, well, okay, but then you got to deal with the realities. You can't. It's just very difficult to insert this totally. into this into this movie. Totally. I, I think you can, like you said, live in both worlds of like. Is it a great movie for what it's trying to be? Roger's Rule is yeah. a movie's not about what it's about, but about how it's about it. So it's mm-hmm. like, is this how this movie goes about being itself? Does it work totally? Could they have enhanced some things and made it better? Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think it's a credit to the movie to say we ca- this movie. So many people care about this movie. People hold this in such a high regard that you know we wish it covered this stuff. Yeah, because then it would have because because then it would have added more to what it does successfully. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, now it's time for Inside Baseball. Baseball Inside the Movie. Ooh. That's Paul's little thing. That's my little thing. That's I like, like it. It's my only contribution. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so there's obviously there's a lot of baseball to talk mm. about. I think we should say up front, we're not going to talk about Shoeless Joe and the White Sox again, like we said. Uh, if, you're just, if you're just joining us, if you skip the plot, uh. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're not going to talk about any of the White Sox stuff because we are going to do an episode on Amen Out, which mm. is nothing but that. So tune into that episode if you're a big White Sox scandal fan. I was also, I, funnily enough, that's probably the one to do it on too because I remember oh, yeah. one of the critical reviews I read was that somebody's like, Shoes Joe Jackson was a you know a, a farmer's son from South Carolina. Ray Liotta is oh, yeah. an Italian guy <laughs> yeah. from the Bronx yeah, or from yeah. Brooklyn or whatever. It's That's like fair. it's like swing and a miss. And I'm like, you know, we don't care because he because he because he gives a good performance. He, gives, he does give a good but performance. But I yeah. think it, it's smart of you guys to say like swing and a miss. Did you know, did you? I have a fun fact to just completely derail Andrew's. Uh, plan here give us that fun fact paul do it that ray Liotta banded right hand in the movie when in uh, actuality uh shoeless batted left yeah he, you know he had a couple weeks of training he couldn't he couldn't master the left hand to swing so they let him bat right right and then people like bother him like hey why were you batting the wrong way and he says uh well none of these guys actually came back from the dead either so <laughs> <laughs> i love that line <laughs> it reminds me of a great SNL line um, back when Kevin Nealon used to do Weekend Update, where it's like, this year of movie bloopers came out, where they ranked the highest amount of movie bloopers. Number one this year being Jurassic Park, because dinosaurs are extinct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah. But it's funny, um, same thing happened in The Natural. Redford really, because Redford based Roy Hobbs off of Ted Williams. Oh, okay. Because Ted Williams, greatest yeah, yeah. hitter, one of the greatest. All time. Yeah. And, but he was, left, he was a lefty, but... Uh, Redford was a righty, mm. so he made them uh, shoot him uh, backwards. Huh. Interesting. So that's why he wore. If you watch the production stills, the nine on the back is backwards because he's. Wow! Holy crap! And so it may look. Like well, apparently, also Ray Liotta has never seen this movie because his mother was hanging yeah. at the time. <laughs> and so oh, the experience of making it was painful for him because this horrible family stuff was going on. So he doesn't have like these fond associ- you know, memories of making this film. Mm. So he's never seen it and. That's why I think he's a bit of a dick. When fans come up, they're like, yeah, you're my baseball nerd. He's like, well. Yeah. Well, I was a ghost, that. asshole. So. Yeah. <laughs> but we're a bunch of baseball nerds, so we're going to talk Let's about the baseball in the movie. So this movie came out on April 21st, 1989. A lot of baseball movies come out in April, obviously. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. What was going on in baseball in 1989? I don't Couple- know, Andrew. Why don't you tell us? Well, funny you should... Tell me to do that. <laughs> I don't think you asked. I, I did not ask. No. I can't ask. He, d- he was more of a statement. He demanded. Hey, Andrew. Yes, Paul. Can you tell me about this thing? I would love to. Thank you very much. Baseball 1989. Little player. I don't know if you've heard of him. Named Ken Griffey Jr. Oh. Made his debut with the Mariners. That kid. And his father was still playing with the Cincinnati Reds. And they were the first father-son duo to be playing simultaneously. Ever. Baseball. That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> also 1989. We had the first major league game between two teams that both had a black manager. We had Frank Robinson was managing the Orioles and Cito Gaston was managing the Blue Jays. Ooh. The Orioles won that game 16 to 6. So good for them. Cool. Amazing. Cool. Yeah, Frank. Uh, Nolan Ryan became the first pitcher to record 5,000 strikeouts. In 1989? In 1989. Wow. Ryan Express, For his 5,000th strikeout, he struck out Ricky Henderson. It's amazing. Wow. That old school. Like I mean, like he was still throwing it. The heat up he, until in like his forties. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and then it was like when I saw Clemens, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. It was like Ryan's, like, nope, no, 
And I was without- going to say we don't see that anymore, but we do see it a little bit with Mr. Bartolo. So, because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like 59. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be wheeled up to the mound, right? Yeah, totally. Also, on uh, <laughs> a few other things, 1989, on August 24th, Commissioner Bart Giamatti announces that Pete Rose is banned for life. Wow. That Pete, came Pete. into effect right there. Pete, 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 Pete. A couple other things. A few players, I don't know if you've heard of them. Chris Sale, Madison Bumgarner, Giancarlo Stanton. Don't Stanton, know who that guy is, no. <laughs> Giancarlo Stanton, Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rizzo, Patrick Corbin, and George yes. Springer. I know where you're going with this. We're all born. Oh, <laughs> Riz. Yeah. And so was I, actually. Oh, no. uh, Congratulations. Thank you. I think um, I might have been taken to my first Cub game in 89. Yeah. I was four years old. Yeah. This is the last thing. I just thought that this was fun. So on a game on June 8th at Veterans Stadium, the visiting Pittsburgh Pirates scored 10 runs in the top of the first inning against the Philadelphia Phillies, three of which came on a Barry Bonds home run. Bonds playing for the Pirates. As the Phillies came to bat in the bottom of the first, the Pirates broadcaster, Jim Roker, said on the air, if we lose this game, I'm walking home. <laughs> Both Von Hayes and Steve Jeltz then hit two home runs apiece to trigger a monster comeback for the Phillies. They tied the game in the eighth on a wild pitch. They took the lead on Darren Dalton's two-run single, and the Phillies went on to win the game 15-11. to oh. So after the season... The announcer for the Pirates, Roker, he conducted a 300-plus-mile charity walk from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh. <laughs> and they raised a ton of money for charity. Oh, awesome. that's great. That's great. He walked home. <laughs> that's what's going on when this movie comes out. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is one thing that we do on this podcast is we find the tiniest little bit of baseball, yeah. and we go super hardcore deep dive. Let's you know do what's it. going on. So... I wanted to find out as much as I could about this Red Sox game that Kevin Costner takes. That they go to. Oh, yeah. Where so, they see Moonlight, the Moonlight Graham thing? Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin Costner takes James Earl Jones to Fenway Park. So I, I sort of scoured those frames and I tried to find as much information as I could. Okay. So we see a couple things. We see um, there's one shot of the game, which is a fly out of a, a – they're playing the Oakland A's. The player for the Oakland A's flies out to a Red Sox player and doesn't get on base. We also see part of Kevin Costner's program, and that's it. So we okay. can see he's filled out. He's filled out. He's filling out the box. Right, he's so yeah, we can score. see how yeah. the game's been going. We can see the lineup, which is ac- actually accurate, by the way. Wow. Okay, so a couple things we get from this: Kevin Co- Kevin Costner's program is accurate with the lineup of the Red Sox at the time. Mm. It was Jody Reed. It was uh, Marty Barrett and Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs. Team Wade Boggs. So at that time, in 1989, Roger Clemens was the ace of the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. On the A's was Ricky Henderson, Jose Canseco, and Mark McGuire. The Bash oh, Brothers. Oh Amazing. <laughs> so, like, they were going to, like, a pretty good game. That's a legit yeah, game. Yeah. They were yeah. seeing some good players here. An odd thing that I noticed is that because of the way the, the program is filled out, the box score, it's the fourth inning. It's the top of the fourth inning mm-hmm. when when we see this play happening. And when we cut to the scoreboard, it's 10.32 p.m. What the fuck? <laughs> what kind it's of a long whack? game. What kind of whack? What inning were they in? The you know, top, top of the, of the fourth. fourth? fourth? So four. wait, so if the game started at seven, right? Because yeah. that's normally what it would be. <laughs> yeah, right. Each inning was a little under an hour long. And this is proof of, they would say, why would they need a pitch clock? <laughs> No wonder James Earl Jones. He's like, 
We can go whenever you want. He's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, all right, let's get the hell out of here. That first inning lasted two hours. <laughs> we're well, going to die we're here. Done. We're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I want to figure out, well, if we could, let's figure out how, the score, how this game ends. So I checked Boston's season, and I checked their home series against Oakland. Ooh. So they hosted, they went seven and five against Oakland for the yeah. year. Boston hosted Oakland six times. So the first three were in May. So they hosted uh, Oakland at Fenway Park, May 29, 30, and 31st, and September 15, 16, and 17. So it's one of those two, right? Yeah. It's got to be. Which one? I want to see, could I find out what game <laughs> what game they're at? So here's what I did. I checked the scores from all of them because we can see off of Kevin Costner's program yeah. what the score is. Obviously, we only have part of the game, yeah. but we can tell because there's an RBI written that there's at least one run was scored by Boston in the third inning. Okay. So I checked those six games. In two of them, Boston scored in the third inning, uh-huh. in the bottom of the third. So it's either May 30th or September 17th. Okay. okay? So we're done with two games. So then here's what I did. The play that we see, it's Oakland is up. Because the guy gets a fly out. Oh, my God. Right? It's caught okay. by center field. So we're in the fourth inning because we've got three filled out in the box score already. Uh-huh. So I checked the games play by play <laughs> for those two. And in one of those games, the first out was a fly out by the uh, Oakland player. And that was the game on May 30th. Uh, so there we go. So on May 30th, that's when they're... Congratulations, Andrew. Thanks, Nicely man. done. That was very good. The the player that hit that fly out was Oakland's third baseman, Tony Phillips. And uh, Boston lost that game. Oh. Huh. So the yeah. Oakland yeah. is going to good, win. Good call for uh, Terrence Mann to go. Yeah. Dash <laughs> Brothers came through, and, and yeah, yeah. they went on to the World Series that year. So, you know. Wow. 89, yeah. they played the Giants. That's right. That's right. Was that, that, was that the, was the earthquake? That was the earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's no, right. Northridge? Or, no. So if you that's were... LA. That's right. If you were dying to know the score of the game, I'm so leave. dying. Please, you got to tell us I'm now. Dying. Yeah, you went this deep, man. I got to hear all the numbers. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I, I didn't write it down. I just meant that they lost the game. Oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm sorry, well, now guys. I'm very disappointed. I think it was like five to eight. <laughs> oh, okay. That's what it was. Okay. That was a pretty good game. Yeah. The Bash Bros. Yeah. So that's wow. uh, that's the really nerdy baseball stuff that I could find. Dope. <laughs> they were, and they also, she, I, I, of course, I remember this. They watched, they were watching a Cubs game was on TV. Earlier in the movie. movie. Yeah, I think there was a Cub game on TV because it's Iowa. So Iowa's Cub country. Oh, Oh, I did not know that. Oh, yeah, they have a. I looked up a couple. I was. One of the things I considered was like, what kind of baseball do they have in Iowa? And they've got the Cubs minor league team. Yes, that's right. Iowa Cubs. That's right. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's right. Have you gone? Have you been? No, sadly. It's what I. I, I, Two things I still want to do. I want to go to a Cubs minor league game. Both their teams. They got uh, got the Iowa Cubs. I forget their their double A. And then I want to do spring training. I've never gotten to do spring training at at Hohokam. That would be really fun. Well, you should add a third thing to that Mm -hmm. list. The third thing that you should do, the next thing. <laughs> yeah, you like how that segue? Like, the real field, the real field. Oh, of dreams in field. Uh, yeah. in Iowa. Yeah, in Iowa. that's right. It's, still it's there. called Field of Dreams. Pretty good title. Yeah. <laughs> how much does it cost? How they picked it. Okay, so here's here's the history of the Field of Dreams. Okay. Show. Let's do it. So the production scouted 500 farms in <laughs> Iowa before they found the one that they wanted to use. It's a real farm. It's a real working farm. It's in Dryersville, Iowa. So, oh yes, Dryersville. Of course. So they found this house 
they found the house and then the the house is beautiful the way that the it's house is like situated kind of on it, a hill yeah. and then i hope that guy got a bonus who found yeah. it like good find it was a woman it was a woman who found the it. lady oh, or wow. I hope the lady got a bonus and they 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 chose the house but then they wanted the fields to be positioned in a certain way like we said for the sun to get the light mm-hmm. in the magic there's so many magic hour sunset shots right. in this movie so they actually, in order to build the field that they wanted, they needed to go part of it onto a second farm. So it's actually the field is built onto parts of two different farms. Um, so the the house and right field are one farm, and center and left field are the second farm. Um, they did this so that they oh, could wow. have those, there you go. Go. those shots. Yeah, this is well, this movies. Is so, this is so nerdy. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> The construction of the field was overseen by the groundskeeper for Dodger Stadium. Wow. And so he helped them uh, build it right. They brought in grass for the ball field, but I was actually going through a terrible drought at the time. I did read that, yeah. And so all the grass died. So the, the groundskeeper for the Dodgers was like, well, we just paint it green when that happens. So they just painted it green. <laughs> I love that the Dodger guy came up with that, not yeah. the movie people. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was like, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when we paint a green. Like, yeah. yes. Movie. We're about to, yeah, we were about to spend another 500K right. on fresh grass. That's some Alice in Wonderland shit. Yeah. Well, so that did kind of happen, too, because the drought was also affecting the corn. So mm. they had to truck in water from the Mississippi River to water the corn on the farm. <laughs> and actually, uh, it was it was so intense the, the drought that the other farms were like became resentful of the set because their actual uh, crops were dying and then here's this fucking movie comes in all these plants spends are- thousands of dollars to make the corn look the perfect height for their shot of uh, Kevin Costner no. yep I did hear, yeah, at first the corn was so short that they had to dig trenches in the dirt so Kevin Costner looked the appropriate height. And then by the end of the movie, the corn was so high that they had to prop him up on things so that it would look the uh, same height. They had to put apple boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Apple boxes. They grew too fast. That corn. That's so good. Yeah. Method corn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm growing how I'm growing. You don't cut me. The corn gives a great performance. It does. Probably the best performance. No doubt. Consistent. It actually is though. It's like a um, the idea of the baseball players disappearing into the corn. Mm-hmm. That's an iconic movie thing. Like, uh, it's oh, it's like lightsabers or Rosebud or like the it's Wizard of Oz, the Yellow Brick it, Road, the corn and the baseball. It, it, again, team. it's so, why it's why movies are the best because if you were to pitch that to some, again, you pitch that to somebody, it's like oh, a bunch of magical players that come out of some corn. Yeah, <laughs> and they get, get out right, of my office. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I want to I want to pitch an idea. It's a baseball movie. Okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> how does the how does the game take place? Well, it's in a farm, see, and the players walk out of the corn, yeah, and then go back after. <laughs> well, what's in the corn? We never know. No. We don't know. <laughs> Presumably, <laughs> dead people in corn uh, and voices. Uh, yeah. It's heaven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we think we don't know. I don't know. Yeah, just I love only, it. Only James Earl Jones knows. Yeah, green light. Okay, so after the film was complete, the family that owned the house. The, the, the family that owned the house and right field decided to keep the baseball field around. The other one to left and center field he wanted to continue growing corn so he mm. kind of took it back so the the field for a long time was kind of lopsided mm. because left and center field were drastically short because of he, he had the space yeah because of the corn it's the lansing family is on the side that kept the property that that kept the corn uh sorry kept the, the house field. yeah the house the lansing the house family um so they added a small gift shop there was no charge to go onto the field and hang out and play baseball. You could come any time between April and November. All of their money came from just the little gift shop wow. for like 20 years. Yeah, you know, super cool. Keith Ray, a neighboring farmer, 
put together a baseball team that he dubbed the Ghost Players ah. to come and entertain visitors on the weekends. Oh, so, so they dress in the every Sunday. Brilliant. They would like play the soundtrack. Brilliant. And players in the costumes would go into the corn like <laughs> an hour before. Oh, and then people would like come and all right, now go. Thing. All right, now go wait in the corn. Yeah. <laughs> I love how we're talking about how emblematic this movie is of America, and so is this. That's capitalism. Mm. Was like, yeah. hey, what yeah, if we? we yeah. It's like, well, it's like and then they'll come out of the corn, <laughs> like in the movie. Yeah, no, it's, it's like Disney. Yeah. It's like yeah. a Disney. Totally, no, it's totally. A, it's amazing. Yeah, and they they play the music, and there's video of this on YouTube too. They like play the music, <laughs> and then the players walk out of the corn. And I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of magical. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> I, they have to do that yippee <laughs> moment, and they take. Yeah. They have to do. They have to do the like they're coming onto the the, the field for the first time, or it just it, it just doesn't have the magic. Yeah. And everybody cheers. Yeah. yeah, it's really nice. So they had this going for a long time. And then in 2007, the other farm family, mm-hmm. they sold the land back containing just the portion of the field so they could make the field the proper dimension. Ah, that's so nice. Finally, the, the actual field was owned by one family. And then in 2010, the Lansing sold the property to a company. That that mm-hmm. To a company called Go the Distance Operation uh-huh. uh, that now runs the field as like a tourist attraction. So now it's run like an actual... Theme park? Yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of yeah. like a theme park. So mm. you can go, they have tours every single day. Um, same thing, April through November, there's no charge to go in the field and even like play baseball in the field. It's free to go and oh, walk we gotta, around we gotta and take go. action. Yeah. Just, we gotta no, go. Yeah, we should go. We gotta go. I wanna but, go so bad. But we should just go and reenact scenes. Yes. Not play baseball. <laughs> I w- let's reenact when uh, when <laughs> Burt Lancaster takes a hot dog out of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, just, we come in with our little troop of actors like, we've always wanted to do this. Well, they put on the Burt Lancaster mustache. Well, they've expanded the stands now. Oh. So they can fit up to 6,000 people wow, wow. at this field. Yeah. That's and cool. they have like old timers games where they have like, like Reggie Jackson came and did like an event there. You or, know what they should do? You know how the NHL will take, they'll play the, the classic games where they'll play outside at yeah. stadiums? They oh, should yeah. do like one actual game a year at the Field of Dreams. Yeah. Field. Uh, that'd you know, be you, fun. That'd be the coolest. That'd be well, the best. I think the, I think. Even though it's still big, I think center field is like 200 feet. Oh, it's my like, God. Yeah. The ball will go soaring. Yeah, I don't think it's That's bad. That's fine. You yeah. just know it's going to be well, maybe they, every time. Say, yeah. Or maybe they play, or maybe they, they do old school with the looser ball and the bigger bats. There you go. Oh, there yeah. you go. Dead so, ball. Like, like, dead ball. <laughs> like Conan when he, Conan did old-timey baseball. Oh, yeah. Bit balls and... Yeah. <laughs> Have you, have you guys have you guys covered that one yet? Old timey baseball with Conan. No, I've yet. seen the sketch. Oh, if you guys cover it, I got to come back. Okay. It's it's like probably one of my all time favorite TV moments. Mm-hmm. I remember being a kid, and we're what, bringing you back for sure for uh, Rookie of the Year. Probably. Oh my god, yes! Yeah. As a Cubs fan, Cubs fan. Yeah, oh my absolutely. god, that movie still has a lot of charm to it. Another it does. another totally charming does. film. We're like half, but half of it's like '90s kids movie. It's so cheesy. So if anyway, you're, so yeah, if you're interested in going to the Field of Dreams field, it oh is, yeah. Open year-round, but mostly in the summer. Uh, it is at 28995 Lansing Road in Dryersville, Iowa, 52040. And if you put that address into Google Maps, you can get an amazing shot at, like, satellite shot Aww. of the field. In the corner. <laughs> this ad brought to you by Go the Distance Enterprises. <laughs> <laughs> go to distance. Go in we the We built corn. it. They came. <laughs> <laughs> Ease his pain. <laughs> yeah. So that's the field. If you want to go. I would love to go. I definitely would go. It'd be a good excuse to go to Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> Can't really think of another. This not, not to knock Iowa. Not but, to uh, knock Iowa. It's just one of those things. This doesn't pop up. Yeah. You know? Could, could vote early in the There we go. Primaries. That's very caucus. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they hold a caucus on the field. Get a hot dog? 
<laughs> get a hot dog. Make sure Doc Graham's around. <laughs> vote, vote, That'd be hilarious if the Doc, me, if, if the if the medical staff was dressed like Doc Graham. Oh, it'd be great. My dream trip would be to take my dad to do a two stop thing, or oh, maybe a third stop. Stop in Field of Dreams with my dad. Play cash with my dad on the field. Oh, fucking kidding me! And then go to Cooperstown with him. There we go. And then maybe the third one, take him to um, uh, Georgia because the st- the the Rockford Peaches oh, is still up. Uh, like you could, cool. the the, the oh, ticket yeah. booth is like still there, but the, the old stadium, stadium is, wow. is still has all the the paraphernalia and iconography. Oh, of the one right. the Peaches one is. Yeah, Peaches. Yeah, one, not, yeah. The, not, yeah. not the not the sorry, not the. Peaches, you, have you guys done League of Their Own yet? Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so we have one more thing to talk about. Do it. Okay, so Field of Dreams is a story about fathers and their children. It's about communicating with relatives, you know, beyond the grave. <laughs> Through it's corn. About baseball, yeah. and it's about magic. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I want to tell the story of the chicken runs at midnight. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'll preface this by saying, because there is some pain in this story, but I'll preface this by saying I'm not we're like we're not trying to be glib what, with this podcast whatsoever. Like I, I don't know about you, I'm trying to be glib as possible. <laughs> That's no, my, this, my motto. No, I'm not trying to say like oh, it's a glib twenty four seven. I'm not just trying to say like oh, it's a magical baseball story. Like, sure. yeah, yeah. Right. I I think one thing that we're trying to do with this podcast is like highlight stories that maybe you're not going to hear otherwise. Totally. that have to do with baseball. So like if there's any kind of connection to this, I just think it's a beautiful story to tell about the magic of baseball. What better movie than Field of Dreams to do that Amen. and to sort of bring us out of the season? Okay, so oh yeah, do you know this is our season finale? Did we tell you that? I am honored. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like one of the greatest thrills of my life to just find that Fantastic. out. Yeah, cool, man. What the re- oh great? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can we get that in writing? You can for the presser. I'm gonna cut this joke out. Go ahead. Okay, so this is the story of the chicken runs at midnight. Hmm. Okay, so. The story is about a man named Rich Donnelly. So Rich Donnelly was part of the Pirates organization in the 1990s. Okay. Uh, the team was on the cusp of greatness. They had young Barry Bonds. They had Bobby Bonilla, actually, before he was with the Mets, and they paid him like a million dollars every year. Yeah. Um, still making money, right? Yeah. Bobby Bonilla is going to be making money after Bryce Harper is done I with his contract. My God. So amazing. Like, what like four more years after Bryce is done. Incredible. <laughs> what a guy. So, so good. Amazing. But at this time, he was on he was on the Pirates. They had a really good team. Rich Donnelly was working for them in 1992. Um, he was the third base coach uh, when he received a call from his daughter Amy, who was 17 years old, and she called him and she said, "Dad, I have a brain tumor." And the doctor had given her nine months to live. But then a funny thing happened that the Pirates' kind of season, which was going okay, sort of began to take off. And they surged in the um, in the rankings. They climbed to first place in the standings. And as Amy was undergoing chemotherapy, they made it all the way to the 1992 NLCS against the Braves. Oh. So Pirates are kicking ass. So Rich Donnelly brings Amy and her brother Tim and her best friend Cindy to the Pirates, Pits, the Pittsburgh for Game Five. So Rich was the third base coach at the time, right? He was very active as the coach, and he would kind of distinctly cup his hands and shout to the second baseman to communicate with them. But it was kind of like, it was a very distinct way of doing it. Everyone kind of had the, you know, there's the Rich Donnelly stance, right? Um, 
So the girls in the crowd watching this, they were kind of po- she was kind of poking Amy was kind of poking fun at her dad with her friend. And they were like, What is he even saying to them? Mm-hmm. Like they're like, Well, let's get Chinese food after the game. Like they were just they just started spitballing funny yeah, things right. that the coach would yell to the to the guys. So on the drive home, they were joking about it, and Amy asked her dad, like, Dad, what are you even yelling when you're down in the stance like that? What are you even yelling at those guys? Like the chicken runs at midnight. Like just everybody burst out laughing because it was just like nonsense. Sure. It's just yeah. gibberish. Whatever. A few days later, Amy called the clubhouse and left a message with the secretary who delivered the message to her dad. And it was the chicken runs at midnight. And he got Mm -hmm. this paper and he kind of chuckled and it actually made its way around the clubhouse. And some of the players started saying it. And it kind of became this family saying, like just this gibberish moment became this sort of nice memory. Despite their best efforts, unfortunately, though, the Pirates lost game seven with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. The season was over. And three months later, Amy would pass away from cancer at the age of 18. Oh, it's terrible. It's completely tragic. After that, Rich Donnelly carried that note, The Chicken Runs at Midnight, with him in the clubhouse every year. A few years later, 1997, Rich was coaching third base for the Florida Marlins. And he made a point to have his family around him. So, obviously, after this. So, two of his sons were bat boys for the club. So they became friends with a couple of the players, including a rookie uh, second baseman acquired at the trade deadline named Craig Council, who is now <laughs> the manager of the Brewers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Craig Council, as a player, he had a very distinct batting stance. Oh, yes. And he was scrawny, and he kind of so held. So small. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you guys know it. Oh, of course. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I, I remember well. For Him any and, like, list- Eckstein were, like, the same cut of cloth. Mm-hmm. These tiny yeah, yeah, yeah. spry guys. Yeah. For, so for our viewers who don't know, um, he was a scrawny kid. He kind of held his hands up high and stuck his elbow out, and it would kind of flap up and down in the batter's box. And so Rich Donnelly's sons, Tim and Mike, they dubbed him the Chicken Man. Because they said he looked like a chicken wing, but he had his, his batting stance. That's fair. Yeah. So, again, this is a team with like a lot of stars on it. But the dad, when he asked the kids, when Rich Donnelly asked his sons, who's your favorite player? They're like, oh, the chicken. Like, he's the best, <laughs> obviously. So, this is a very good Marlins team in 1997. So good that they made it all the way to the World Series, uh-huh. if you remember. Mm-hmm. It was a very tough series against the Cleveland Indians, and it went to game seven. And the boys were right there beside their dad, Rich, who was coaching third base the whole time. So... In Game 7 of the World Series, it goes to the bottom of the ninth, and the Marlins are down by a run. But there's a sack fly hit by Craig Council to I tie the game. Jackie Graham. Craig Council, the chicken man, uh, hits a sack fly, ties the game, and it goes to extra innings. Okay, In the bottom of the 11th, Craig Council again gets on base, and he makes it all the way around to third base but they're two outs. Okay, so we're bottom of the 11th. Council's on third, two outs. Edgar Renteria comes up to bat for the Marlins. He gets a single, and he brings Craig Council flying home. He scores the winning run, and the Marlins win the World Series. Okay? So the whole, everybody storms the field. It's game seven. It's 11 innings. It's super late. The whole team stormed the field. Everybody's going nuts and crazy. So... Rich Donnelly, of course, from third base, dives into the chaos as well. Amongst all the chaos, he finds his son, Tim, who is cheering but also crying. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, what's wrong? And his son said, Dad, Dad, look at the time. And he looked up, and because the game had gone so late, it was midnight. And Craig Council, the chicken, mm-hmm. ran at midnight to score the tying run, to score the winning run, sorry, 
and win the World Series. That's amazing. I'm getting chills, I'm man. I'm getting serious. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. His, Baseball. Rich Donnelly totally broke down crying, and he mm. said, this is Amy reaching out to me you know, from the beyond. He wrote a whole book about it, which I encourage all of our listeners. It's a beautiful book. All of our listeners should go check it out. Is it The Chicken Runs at Midnight? It's called The Chicken Runs at Midnight. Uh, perfect. perfect. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of like articles and stuff written about this. I first heard this story through Craig Council, mm. but... You know, you can't hear a story like that and deny that there's magic in this game. I just, mm. I don't no, think that you it's can. True. Yeah. No, it's true. You know. It is a perfect game. Yeah. And I was trying to think about that while I was watching. I'm like, could you pull this off with any other sport? And you really can't. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't think so. And it's not just like the fundamentals of the sport. It's the, it's the history behind the sport. Because yeah. like, yeah. I can't, I, I don't have any, anytime you talk about like a football movie, it's always about the players. It's never about the game. Yeah. Yeah. Or you talk about, like, I, I haven't seen that many hockey movies, but they're always sort of like, I mean, like, ma- maybe Mighty Ducks. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, sure. You know, and then uh, and then basketball movies, again, it's usually about the players, not the, the game. Those are very hard movies to film. And, and this was just kind of the perfect movie for the perfect medium because baseball's filled with these stories. Yeah, it, it so and is. Because it's been around since before the Civil War. That's it right. so old. Yeah. I mean, and, and like, that's the thing. It's like... There's a there's a writer Tim Kirchhen who says like mm. one of the best things about this game is anytime you watch this game you might see something that you've never yeah. seen before yeah. in your life and it's true like as beautiful like the whole podcast is about these movies right so like we love the movies we love what they do movie literally the term is movie magic but like as wonderful as movies are there's real magic in this game. Mm. Every time you go and watch it, you might see something amazing. You've never well, even just you talk. You, we were talking earlier about the Cubs. My favorite memory being the uh, seventh game of the World Series. They came back sure. in the seventh game of the World Series. But then after you didn't think you didn't think you could top that. And then the next World Series, oh, yeah. how many come from behinds were that? And I'm like, yeah. And like, I've never seen baseball like this. Yeah. Like yeah, this is this is fantastic. Yeah, it's a really it's a special game. I love it. This is the best. <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah. Best. And I think that's the best baseball movies are the ones that obviously transcend the sports genre, but also remind you how much you love the game. Yeah. And yeah. Field of Dreams 100% does that. Every mm-hmm. moment of it is mm-hmm. just like, hey, remember this game? You yeah. fucking yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's so true. It's funny because there's not actually that much baseball it's in the game. It's very true. It's yeah. really, I mean, I, I made a joke about going into the Red Sox thing and all that, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's more for fun. There's really kind of one scene of baseball in this yeah. whole movie, which is uh, when Archie Graham comes up to bat. Yeah. The rest is used as... A, a vehicle or a device for family yeah. and connection yep. and love and emo- all of these beautiful emotions. Right. That, and that, again, that's behind everyone's love of baseball yeah. Yeah. is our connection to it and our connection to our fathers, our mothers, our brothers, mm-hmm. our sisters, yeah, mm-hmm. our country. It's just the best. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's great. Ken Burns called it one of the true genuine American creations. Yeah. Basically, it's the Constitution, jazz, and baseball. That's right. He's absolutely oh, correct. I love it. It's yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That's a good way, I think, to end the season. Yeah. Well, so that's uh, that's Field of Dreams, and that's our season. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. We did it. Congratulations, guys. Wow. Thank you. Well, we Whole actually season. Have, we have one more thing to do. Shh, no, please tell me. It's great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we please, have one more Please tell me that there's nine episodes. There's nine episodes? Oh, yeah. This yes. Is episode. yeah. I yeah. feel like a closer, then. Wow. That's you I'm are. Like, I'm happy closers. with this. The ninth inning man. I'm the closer. Yeah. 
Oh my you can goodness. be whatever your favorite closer is. Well, you got to be Mo. Sure. <laughs> yeah. The closer. Well, my favorite actually is Rod. The Universal. I, my favorite actually. He's a character, but he's still one of my favorite. Rod Beck. Rod, Remember Rod, the Rod, Giants? Rod Beck? Giants and then Cubs briefly, oh, okay, late 90s. Right. But yes, the Giants. Just that with Giant that hair. Man, yeah. If 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 uh, Crosby of Crosby, Stills, and Nash was a relief <laughs> pitcher. Yeah, yeah. I was just waiting for him to bust out a guitar and he be like, who wants best. to hear Ohio? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we have two more segments actually. Real quick, I forgot one. Yeah, we got a couple things just yeah. to so just to wrap up the episode. So we got to rate this movie. Wait, no, I have one more before then. Oh, you have a thing. My favorite segment that I always forget to do, so it's not really a segment or recurring anyway. Fun, useless. I'm to be trivia. Oh boy! So I like to find the most useless one and then read it aloud. I love that too because there was a time when the IMDb trivia was like the Encyclopedia Britannica movies, and now it's like (laughs) this person was in this movie who was in this person with this movie, and you're like, yep. (laughs) So this is my favorite one. Um, Here we go. This person (coughs) pointed out that. When the field lights are switched on, although there is only one circuit breaker by the house, the lights go on in groupings, as if there are multiple circuits. Oh my god. So, thank god for that guy. (laughs) You know he walked out. He's an electrician and he walked out. He's like, this movie's bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's There's only one breaker on that box. <laughs> he's so there for the ghost coming yeah, back. Yeah, that's right. Like, okay. It's like, oh, Shoeless Joe Jackson like, ghost. Oh, 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 oh. God, there's, ghost. There's only in. one circuit point. Yeah. There. Voice in the corn, I'm there. Wait a minute. He flipped the switch over there. They all can't come up. This is bullshit. It's not believable. <laughs> you, it's not believable. You people enjoy your hack movie. <laughs> all right, that's the end of that uh, segment. It's amazing. Okay, so now I have to rate this movie. Mm. So we rate this movie by a baseball play Metaphor. or experience. Excellent. Yeah. It kind of so, gets a little involved. Um, yeah. As, it, as it, originally, it was going to be like, is it a single, double, triple, or home? I got you. And now it's just now like very whole specific. Paint, paint the picture? Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah. I'm ready. So I've got one, but I want to let you go first. Oh, thank you very much. Well, for me, in the in the baseball uh, terminology, uh, because I think of the feeling of it, this is the game-winning Grand Slam. Mm, sure. Bottom wow. of the ninth, two yeah. outs, yeah. three-two count, three men on. You're, de- you're down by four runs. It's like the ultimate, and and you know, and you know who's at bat? The rookie. Ah, oh, love it, Graham. <laughs> Graham. Graham. Archie. Archie Graham. Archie Graham. And he whiffs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a that's good one. Beautiful. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, I got one. I actually thought of one this oh, time. Hey, what's, what's your spot? Usually, I always forget, even though it's my favorite part. I'd say it's also a home run. But after I, I hit the home run, I look in the stands, and my dad is there, and he's crying. Oh, and then we're both crying. Oh, so wow. And then my mom's there, too, because she's probably listening to this. So both my parents are there, yes. and we're all crying. Um, and that's my review of this movie. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So for me, I think this movie is really good. And then I think those last, like, four scenes are just like take that's what takes mm-hmm. to, to another level the speech mm-hmm. inviting him out into the corn and then it's the dad and then bring out all, yeah. all of that stuff so for me this game this is a game where you like you're down early mm-hmm. like in the second inning the other team scores like four runs yeah and so the whole game you kind of have hope but it's tense and then at the end right at the end you tie it up and then bring Perfect. it home so it's like you know the whole game is worthwhile but the end is where the magic kind of happens yes that's when you're fulfilled and the momentum building too because you were down and then you came back and they're like oh we could win it exactly when 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 you when you have that feeling of 
it might happen. Right. Like yeah. it hasn't been in vain. All of my hopes. Because you think it's you. All your you think dreams. It's like if I believe hard mm. enough, then oh, yeah, my team totally. will come back. Yep. Rally cap, 100%, baby. Yeah. 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 You so always feel responsible. <laughs> when it starts to happen and it's like, it's not all at once. It can't be, yeah. no. it can't be like a grand chip slam. Chip away. You got to chip yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, to catch up. You know, it's got to be, they score one, they get a double. Right. The guy walks. You know, it's a slowly, it's like yeah. each batter forwards it just enough that you're like this might Move actually happen that's the realistic and... baseball comeback whereas mine's like the movie comeback yeah you know? <laughs> right that that yeah. one like rarely happens rarely but, but it's, it does oh my it's but when it does it's, 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 it's every awesome. well yeah that's the one that like every news not just sports but every newscast shows right. where it's like can you be- can you believe um, yeah. but you know this also do you believe in miracles yeah different sport different Amazing. sport <laughs> but this also is uh you're playing catch with your dad, and the first time your dad goes, "Good throw, son." Oh, fuck! So yeah, simple. yeah. I remember that. I so I, I remember it. Yeah. I was seven, and I and I and I just got a good grip on the ball, and I threw, and I heard that nice into the leather where oh. it was like you could it hurt his hand a little. And he's like, "Good throw." Yeah, and I was or like, just, just being outside, like in a park or something, in a in a mm-hmm. field. So there's mm-hmm. like, we all know the park that we would go to, totally. Yeah, right? or oh, your yeah. backyard or whatever. Even yeah. so it's like you're on grass, you're outside, mm-hmm. you hear crickets, but it's not, it's not like a necessarily like a baseball field. Yeah, it's like you. No, brought, yeah, you there's that summer smell to uh, of where like you are. Grass and it's like going humidity to the park and finding the spot in the park that's open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's the dudes playing soccer over there. Okay, yeah. let's go over here. <laughs> you're like soccer. I was always embarrassed if there was like another dad and son playing baseball, and the son was like clearly better than me. <laughs> were like, you like? Were you like? You're like, dad's gonna want to swap. Oh yeah, <laughs> we would do that drill where I would have he would try to practice, get me to dive, and I would fail every time. It's funny you mentioned the soccer players. That always reminds me of my favorite kid story. So like, soccer had just hit. Uh, I grew up in um, on the north side of Chicago, so okay. soccer had just hit, and it was like the hip thing. And so during summer, it was soccer season and baseball season. So, mm-hmm. or it was t ball, I think. The t ball, or were we at pony? I don't know. Young baseball, yeah. And we hated each other. The baseball kids hated the soccer kids. <laughs> the soccer kids like didn't mind the baseball kids, but we were just dicks to them because yeah. like they're playing soccer and then ties. <laughs> so it was like the two things we always be like what we say we always be like oh no a tie yeah, or it's yeah. like come on everybody get your orange slices and the and the adults were no help like the baseball adults they were laughing they thought it was the funniest thing in the world <laughs> so one day we're walking back from we got our asses just kicked and we were the cubs fittingly uh at the time and we just had our butts beaten by this other team and so we're walking back and we're seeing these like peppy soccer players you know and like the the really neon 90s sort of color scheme and the white shorts and the little cleats and all that sort of stuff and so we're walking by and i'm sort of in the back just talking to some friends i don't know what happens but all of a sudden we start shit talking each other and it got it got like kid mean like yeah. quick yeah. there is finger pointing and kid there's just like nasty. you know how kids lot. can just get yeah you play ball like a girl exactly right but like with a few choice words sure and, and adjusted <laughs> and and we're just it's like no f you no f you why come you on you can bitch. say fuck oh we it's can fine. it's like fuck you no <laughs> well it's just the idea of like young kids back like, fuck you yeah, yeah fuck uh, you you know that sort of thing 
But yeah, I was like, yeah, fucking ass. It's like, your sport fucking sucks. Ty, what the fuck is that? Like, we're attacking them on the merits of our games. Like, your game's boring. And they're like making fun of baseball, man. And so finally, I don't know who said it. It's like the shot heard around the world in the Revolutionary War. I don't know who said it, but somebody on our team just turned around and says, why don't you go back and eat some fucking orange slices? Like in the most Joe Pesci delivery you could get. And then somebody, and then the soccer kid's like, I don't know why. That was the that straw was that the broke the camera. I was just like, that's it. He just threw this punch. And then we just got into a brawl. And then wow. you just, and then I remember, and I'm like, well, I got to help my buddies. So I run in and I'm trying to pull people off. And one, you know. How very baseball. Yeah. And they're taking yeah. swings at us. And then, of course, the parents come running in and they're like, what are you, they're literally like, what are you doing? Like, why are you fighting with the soccer You'll kids? You'll both get orange slices. That's everybody. Is that what you want? It's like, no, we go out for pizza, motherfucker. <laughs> Because it's sure, 90s yeah. Chicago, so nobody knows about healthy. Ideas. And your baseball players, you don't need to be in shape. No, <laughs> no. I mean, and that was the beautiful, like you mentioned the same, like that's the beautiful thing. Like we had the super skinny kid, we had the yeah. heavier yeah. kids, we had the tall kids, we had the runt kids, but we all played baseball and we all hustled and worked really hard at it. Whereas yeah. like the soccer kids were all fucking little David Beckhams with like well, bizarre need, kid pets. soccer you need cardio up until like the steroid era yeah the idea was like yeah baseball you don't have to work out just yeah. fucking just get up there and hit home run yeah you don't have to work out there's other guys in your team that will well that's yeah. yeah right that's right but then that's the beauty of baseball is like unlike in other sports where they say it's team efforts like really no you got okay you got the big guy who's gonna hit it a mile you got the fast kid who's gonna get on base yeah. you know you got the kid who's got range you put him at short or third like yeah. You know, it was it was interesting. Whereas now, like football, so it's like you got to be big and muscular. Yeah, you know, it's an, I mean, it's an amazing game. That's, that's the, the best. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And like, here's the thing for me. Like, here's the beautiful thing about that story. That has like nothing to do with Babe Ruth. No, <laughs> no seriously, that has yeah. nothing to do with uh, you know I, I don't know the the Cleveland Indians or the Rockies or who like that has nothing to do with like the grand history of baseball. Uh-huh. And it's still a great baseball story. We yeah. we got defensive. Because they made fun of baseball. That's true. Yeah. You know, like, don't you touch base. You can say what you want about us, but we have bats, so I'd be careful. Uh, but, but like, don't go after base. Baseball's pure, man. You don't touch baseball. The love, of, yeah, the love. That's the thing. I feel like the, I also, I like, I don't know anybody who's like so so on baseball. You either love it or you're like, you don't know about mm-hmm. it. But or they hate it. I, I do know people who hate it. Yeah, and it's a weird thing though when they hate it. It's yeah. like what, what do you hate about? It? It's like well, it's boring. It's like well, not no, no. I mean, you just don't know. Yeah, you just don't watch. It. You're a lot of it's what people are told. I mean, I think know? the moral of the story is like we're really elitist, and also child violence is okay. Yeah, that's hundred percent with that. Great morals. Baseball. And that's a great way to end the podcast. If you want to check out Fuel the Dreams, <laughs> it's available on Hulu. It's Hulu. Uh, also, you can buy it on Amazon Prime, iTunes, Google Play, Vudu, DVD, Blu-ray, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there a Criterion? Probably not. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I'd love one. Oh, that'd be Is great. Criterion. That's one to own. If you oh, like yeah. that movie, you should own that. There's movie. a couple. There's a couple DVDs. I think there's like a 25th anniversary DVD. Right, which just happened recently, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, this year. Oh, this year's the 30th anniversary. It is. Good job, movie. 2019. And everybody who's in that movie loves that movie. That's another good sign. Yeah. Except Except for Leota. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us this season. Thank you, Tom, uh, for joining us today. Thank you, Tom, for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. This was super fun. Thank you, audience. super fun. It was fun. Yeah. We're going to have you back. We can talk about movies, talk about baseball. If we keep going. (laughs) The two greatest (laughs) things. If we don't flake out. I happily will come back, talk whatever baseball movie you you want to talk about. Yeah. Definitely bring you back. Well, join us next season, season two. Uh, It'll be coming out eventually. And also... Yeah, uh, we have no idea what. (laughs) 
Yeah, we have no idea when. We've, we've planned out like, like 50 movies. We've planned out tons of movies. Nice. So many seasons. Nice. So we're going to be doing this in the long run. The idea is to watch every movie. That's the idea. Paul. Eventually, we're going to run out of good ones, and they're all going to be terrible. Paul, thanks for doing this with me. This is great. Hey, man. Thank you. I love that we do this. I love you, too. I love, I, I love that we do this. I heard what you said. I love you, too. I Paul. heard it. I love you, too, Paul. <laughs> I love this you. This is great. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Thanks for listening, I thanks guess, for listening. if you're listening. We'll um, see you next season. You know, don't give up on your team if they're doing okay. And yeah, if not, then yeah. they're probably rebuilding. And Trust me, I'm a Cub fan. Don't give up on your team. <laughs> <laughs> if they're in the middle of a rebuild, just hang on. Yeah. The Cubs won. We, it yeah. took us 100 plus years. We got yeah. there. They That's a hell of a rebuild. We played years. the long game on that one. <laughs> it was just like, no, no, no. Let's build this up. <laughs> we have a flair for the dramatic on the north side. It's the most dramatic. Yeah. 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 It was 1945. That's and right. And they were like, no, we need a few more draft picks. Yeah, a, a couple few more. A few more tanks. I mean, we years. were such, you talk about lovable losers. Like, the Sox had the curse of the Bambino. Like, you had the curse of the greatest, base, arguably one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And we had the curse of the yeah, Billy the goat. goat. The Goat. And it's like, we got, and it's like, it really feels like Cup fans go, like, we need a curse because if we just have to say that we right. suck, this is just you not. You can't good. beat goat magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I hear that, but I would say. To, again, to play devil's advocate, like look at the Cleveland Indians. There's no curse. They just that's, what, suck. that's they right. Just can't bring so it home. They should change their name. At least, yikes! You can blame magic. That's their coat. That's their curse. Uh, it's like the. That. It's like build. It's like building on. It's like the poltergeist thing of building on top of an Indian burial ground right. or Native American burial ground. Is that you got to get rid of chief racist? They are, aren't yeah. they? Aren't they next year? Chief Wahoo. Year? Yeah, he's Chief Wahoo. Right. He's <laughs> he's supposed to be. I think he's supposed to be out. Yes. It's just going to be, it, be out. I swear it is the easiest change. It's in so the easy. World. Yeah. I think he's al- I think he's already out of their uniforms, but they still sell memorabilia and they do the chop. Oof, boy. Anyway, this anyway, is uh, <laughs> perfect ending. We'll see you next season. We'll see you next season. Keep Remember baseball. We don't have it to send we don't off. Have We've been trying that's literally every episode we try to come up with We're one and never. So long to get that Remember we don't, we don't have we a don't sense. Have I, we came up with one the other, like an episode or two ago that I think is okay, but it's not the best. Let me hear it. Mm. Andrew hates it, but no, we're going we'll, we're gonna to test it for Tom. You we say the first part. I don't remember it. Oh, you, you <laughs> say you say baseball's great. Baseball's great. Oh, but you say and remember baseball's great. So and remember baseball's great. And so are you. It's bad. I like it. It's oh, very Mr. Like Rogers. It? It's very Mr. Rogers. I don't know. Like, what, like, movie, it gotta be movies, baseball stuff. That's the most frustrating part about yeah. this is that there's so many baseball aphorisms and movie lines, and we can't come up with one. Can okay, you? I got one. I got one. Yeah. We'll try it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And remember, if you build it, he will come. There we go. That doesn't make, but that doesn't make sense for saying goodbye. If you build <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You could, we could, oh, you could do it. He's like, if and remember, if it's baseball or movies, we'll review it. <laughs> That's not bad. Something it's like so that. Catchy. If your yeah. podcast <laughs> rolls off the people tongue. probably won't listen. listen. <laughs> this is everybody has a podcast right. already. This is our season finale. What I, fuck it. We'll just keep yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're gonna. Pay. Is this the section where you pitch a uh, 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 closing uh, or sign-offs? Oh uh, yeah. What's your favorite ones from your? Uh, who who were your guys growing up? Who were your announcers? Did they have sign-offs? Oh. Mm-hmm. I had home run calls that I can remember, but not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had not necessarily um, a not a Vince Scully. We have uh, we still have that's Cubs baseball. Mm. That was it. Ron's, that's play ball baseball podcast. Yeah. Baseball. <laughs> that's Cubs baseball here on WGN. Yeah, we had home run. Uh, yeah. What was your home run one? 
We had, uh, I feel, uh, what's his well, name? He has, he's like a fan of like 30 different teams. Oh, oh all of them. Growing up. Literally all <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> I just don't like the Rockies. Everyone else is great. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, uh, I, I grew up a fan of the Yankees and the Mets. Beautiful. And then I moved out here and now I'm a fan of the Dodgers. Oh, God. So it's yeah. really three. But then my mom, actually, okay, so my mom's from Chicago, so I also have a soft spot for the Cubs. She's Cubby? Always. Northside? Yeah. She nice. was a big Cubby. I was a Cubby. Yeah, I, yeah. We, I remember we went out to Chicago to visit my grandfather in 1998. My dad took me to a Cubs game, and we saw Sammy Sosa hit two oh. runs. And I was just oh. like, I love the Cubs. That was the and time. Oh, yeah. Oh, their, their red so and blue sorry. hats are so, like, the colors They probably so have good. the best colors in the game. Pinstripes. Yeah, they really do. We hung on to the pinstripe. I wish we would have done the Yankee thing. I don't wait, do the Yankees, do, do they have the names on the backs now for home, for home games? No. no God, I, we, the Cubs did the home the names on the backs for the home games. Giants still have I love that. I, I really do. Yeah. I like just the number. I, I feel really bad that I forget the announcer's name, but we, the great announcer for the Yankees who's still announcing, I think it's John something. Mm. Um, the guy who comes up with the nicknames? Yeah, he's always like... Uh, he was like, "It's an A bomb from A Rod," or like, mm. "It's a text message from Teixeira." You know, well, he always had like for a... John Carlo was like, "John Carlo." Oh yeah, uh, he says something yeah. really dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's always it's always they're standing for Stanton. You that's know, home run right into the such oh, and such. Beautiful. Yeah, he He'll always makes some that. kind of pun or don't something. Don't get glib. Don't get snide with baseball announcers. They've got a... <laughs> John Sterling. That's it. Yeah. yeah, the John Sterling calls. John Sterling, you're fantastic. We love you. And then always the iconic, the, the Yankees win. That was our... Oh, right. He always heard that, that a lot growing up. This podcast is never going to end. <laughs> yeah. I take it with me to the car. <laughs> you're going to be listening to this show, and it's just going to be like, if you want to check out Field of Dreams, it's on Hulu and Amazon Prime. And that's just going to cut out. Cut out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. We um, love you, audience. And we'll see you next season. And go uh, call your dad. Go Dodgers. <laughs> okay, wait. Whoa, whoa, go whoa. We are not ending. In a, uh, go Giants. We can go baseball. How about that? I'm go hitting base- stop on the Zoom recorder. Okay. See you later. <laughs> Thanks. You.